comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Listening to Fear, the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is for episode 178 uh, for the, the season closer, the season finale of Fear, the Walking Dead, which was two episodes kind of sandwiched together. I am Craig Demanda, your host. Join with me this evening is Mr. Aaron Newerth. What's going on, sir? Hey, we're doing this for pr- the first time, right? That's what we're doing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, we had some technical trouble, so this is actually our, our second go round at this one. But it's actually good. It, it's a it's a it's a happy accident because it's some good things happened in between our first recording and now we're also joined by mr daryl taylor what's going on sir hello what what good things happen in between well I'll, I'll, i'm trying to make light of this i'm trying oh to, oh i thought trying to spin it it's called happened. it's called spin the spin oh, okay yeah and yes. we actually <laughs> have a special special return guest this evening jim deets is on jim hey everybody uh yeah wow it's not like you did this whole thing once and you have to do it again or anything no it's it's <laughs> not <laughs> but, it's not like Daryl and I ca- called you crying in the night saying we yeah. lost a podcast. And- yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was late, too. We we, we recorded the first one. Uh, it was on Wednesday night last week at about, well, midnight Eastern. So for you, Dar- Aaron, it was no problem. That's like 9 o'clock your time, right? But for us, we were late. Uh, you guys recorded like three podcasts before we got to that one, I right? Sleep. You could have been asleep. I- <laughs> Daryl actually was on the DC TV there for about 20 minutes before yeah. – to uh, Walking Dead. With Walking Dead, and we ended up losing the episode anyway. So, And we had uh, just some technical problems. I'm not going to get into exactly what happened, but it was really – the audio was not usable. I tried my best, but it just was so distracting that it wouldn't make a – we wouldn't be up to the quality standards that we have here on the HHW LOD network. So we also, we are back we, together. We also yes. threw out a lot of racial slurs. Let's just get that out of the way. No, that's not true. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> At 2 in the morning, they were just flying. Let's put it that way. Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're making up our own racial slurs for like Belgians and Couldn't Swiss people. Exactly. <laughs> We're just going hog wild. The, those, those, those clock carriers, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Damn, still see Belgian bastards. Yeah, those waffle irons. Yeah, <laughs> this is way more fun. Let's just do this. <laughs> Let's keep going. It's fine. All right, this is what our listeners have. And I just want to put. I just want to throw out a correction there uh, to Chubb since he's not here. Yes, it's Richard Chop uh, uh, Chopping or no? It's oh, Cherry, see, uh, Chopper Cherry Charrington, not Cherry Chopper. See, and he got you now. He got you, you saying it the wrong way. Right? Like yeah, he's he going to remember what you just said. <laughs> no, but but Chop, but Mr. Richard Chopper Charrington. 
He's a great guy. We have to get him on the show. He's in England, actually, uh, and he works for a car company. I'm not going to say which one because I don't want to divulge where he works. But uh, here we go with the guy. plugs for the so auto I'm chat sorry, show already. <laughs> so he, we, we, he's a great, great guy, and uh, you know it's funny to watch him on Facebook. So, But thanks for listening over in England, wherever you may be. Our listeners are awesome, and we love saying your name. So, but the good news is, again, why we're doing this a little bit later, um, yeah, we have some technical problems, but a very cool little teaser trailer came out for The Walking Dead in between our first recording and now, and that's where Jim's going to kind of hang on for, because he doesn't really know much about fear, right? I mean, that's not really... You've been kind of a little tuned out of that one uh, for the last few weeks or so, or a few months, or perhaps the whole thing. I've been busy. You've been busy, which is cool, which is very cool, and we got a lot of stuff going on. So, um, maybe we can talk about that, then I guess, Jim, you can fall asleep or just fall off the call, um, because you're not going to know what we're talking about on fear, and then uh, you need to go right into the episode. How's that sound? So, yeah, this just trailer, this teaser trailer. What uh, what do you guys think about that? It was like three minutes of episode, season seven, episode one of The Walking Dead. We it's, saw it's, Negan it's making good, references to the right hand, and it's pretty cer- crazy, huh? Cer- certainly a good way to spice up the whole like what's going to happen in this this uh, premiere thing, since the whole um, you know the whole summer essentially, you know, the the off season for The Walking Dead has been largely about this cliffhanger ending which we you know us on the show were pretty disappointed by that they would go oh, yeah. this route but um it's certainly because you know it's made this it's helped make the walking dead premiere for season seven into this kind of event and so now we have yeah we have a, a clip that teases a lot of things beyond obviously you know what actually happens and um but you know for what the show's showing me yeah it looks it's, it's walking dead <laughs> i get it <laughs> It looks. I mean, I guess the the chatter on the internet is that Rick's going to lose his hand, and that that's the speculation because he kept making references. I was going to yeah. say. I mean, you know, we who've read the books have been looking, you know, for that for a while. I guess you know, and and him, you know, making a reference to his right hand man, and then taking him off to a trailer with his axe. Right. I mean, that's you know, putting two and two together and getting four. You know, well, doesn't but, that seem a little easy though? Like to. To piece together something as significant as that, based off a trailer that they're willingly showing you. Well, I think they're kind of they're they're either misdirecting the fans or throwing a bone to the fans. Either one is equally possible. You know? True. I mean, yeah. Because I, I, it could be like, oh, all the people who read the book are going to think this, you know. But you know, and then not, you know, maybe they won't go that route. But then again, you know, everybody who read the book, I'm sure. I mean, you guys read the book, I think, right? You I had to oh, be, yeah, you were yes. thinking, right? Yeah. 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 And I got to say, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is is just as intense as I want him to be in this scene. I mean, he really he's got that I, smile, I, I like though, that... just about everything, you know. And he's bringing a little bit of that comedian crazy to Negan that I really like. So, um, I wonder if they want to have the pro- the hassle of trying to you know do the missing hand thing. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like because I know Kirkman has said that in the past that you know we've thought about it, but it's expensive to have your main character have to wear a blue. You know, sock over his hand for the remainder of production, CG out his hand, or whatever they have to do. I mean, I thought if they, only, they. If only the show was making enough money for them to justify that expense. If only technology well, was good enough to have things like, I don't know, crazy CG dragons flying around, but too bad television's yeah. not that far yet. I guess you're right. Maybe you, know, maybe you guys are right. I, I, I guess I'm, you know, I, I'm going by what Kirkman said a few seasons ago. Maybe uh, they changed their mind. I mean, you're right. He's a liar. I would hate to see it though. I'm a big Rick fan. I'm a huge Rick fan. Like he's my favorite. He's my absolute favorite on on the whole show. They all can go. I love my Rick. All right, and, and to have him like he is in the comics with one hand. I mean, obviously, you know, in the comics he's still a strong hero and he adapts to his left hand and all that. But to see him lose that man, I don't know. That that's 
I don't want to see that. I certainly I like I like Rick more now than I have in the past, I guess. Like he certainly Andrew Lincoln especially has come into his own over the course oh, of yeah. the many years of doing this. I'd say I still prefer book Rick to show Rick. Um there's a number of characters on this show I like more than Rick. But yeah, I mean anytime even especially in the comic when that first happened, I was like, That's that he needs that. That's not good. Like my my reaction's so literal to when those kind of things happen, uh when certain characters lose like, you know, an appendage where I'm like, That's not good. Like it's like yeah. that's 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 gonna be very inconvenient for this person. <laughs> And we've seen it with Merle, though. I mean, right? We we saw him for a whole season. Yeah, but with, who cares about Merle? Like Michael Rooker. Hey, <laughs> Michael Rooker, you're talking. About. But yeah, but it's not. It's not like that's. <laughs> Come on. I mean, that that was like the first that's Henry couple. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. You're talking bad about man. Come on. <laughs> that was that, that was like the first Rooker. couple. That was the first couple of episodes for a character I have yeah. no real attachment to versus yeah. you know a long-standing character that's ostensibly the lead of a television series. Right. He's not in right. every scene. Almost. I mean. I think the other thing it alludes to is that um the you know the person who danced with Lucille is either Glenn or Daryl. Because well, he because he, he, he says uh, you know right hand man is very uh, very convenient, and then he has that kind of look on his face like oh the guy I dusted was your right hand man you know. But see, then the internet was chattering about well maybe it was Michonne because mm-hmm. now now that's Rick's right hand. You know, I don't yeah. think they got the guts to kill off Michonne. Well, let's no, see, was, was, any, were, was any of this cast uh, casted on a recent Marvel TV series? Maybe that will help us figure out who. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's only on Fear the Walking Dead. No, never, okay, never, never mind. Okay. That's why we figured no. out who, who the last guy on Arrow was. Not hired for for uh, Luke Cage. Just <laughs> oh, that was not so fast. <laughs> She's busy. Not so fast in Igray. Hey, I should note. I wrote this article up today over at ScreenRant.com, but the episode's title. Uh, for the season seven premiere has now been released. It is called "The Day Will Come When You Won't Be," and that that's is, the season. That, that's the, uh, that's, the season, that's the opener episode. That's the title of the opener episode, which that's is the exact which is which is the exact phrase that uh, Doctor Jenner way back in season one. Uh, he that's what he said to Rick when Rick you know when they let Rick and the the others go out of the CDC. Rick, right. was, Rick said something along the lines of like, "Thank you for this. Thank you for letting us go." And and uh, Doctor Jenner's character, his exact phrase to him was, "The day will come when you won't be." Like you wow! Be, so. Wow, that's a good callback to it to, to the Darabont era there. That uh, the season one closer. You're right. Wow, <laughs> Walking that's... Dead DE as we call it. DE yes. <laughs> Before Gimple BG right after yeah, Gimple B- okay. yeah. and then AD after Darabont. Yeah. After Darabont, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's a great callback. I'm reading your article right now. Actually, I pulled it up, and uh, you can get it on the Walking Dead Facebook page, the Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, just do a search on Facebook, and you can see uh, uh, Aaron wrote a great article here on ScreenRant.com, and it's uh, very cool. Got some yeah. nice pictures and everything. Looks well, good. Yeah. Well, I'm not writing since I'm not writing about the episodes of The Walking Dead. It's not on right now over at theyoungfolks.com. I have been taking my chance at the Screen Rant to g- grab any articles written to The Walking Dead and be happy to share them over in the Facebook group. Um, now, since we're talking about news, uh, Daryl, you just got back from Comic Con, New York uh, Comic Con, Javits Center. Yes, did you see any, hear anything, anything over there, Walking Dead related? No, actually, this trailer, were, right? were, there, were there any were there yeah. any Chris and Travis costumes at the Walking at Comic Con? There were not, actually no, there were not a lot of that there. I didn't see that. Didn't see, didn't see, didn't see the bros being killed. The bromigos, no. The bromigos, none of that. This didn't seems like such an easy costume too. It's like just get like know. some clothes, get some hair done, maybe I be mean, unshaven, have a soup and mustache. Like these are like the easiest costumes. Yeah. I mean, I felt like Travis when when we had to sit in the train station for an hour because they had to get a cat off a train track. Oh, I kind of felt like Travis, but uh, yeah, there was no the only one Walking Dead you encountered where that was the morning after that oh. bottle of tequila I saw you guys drink on uh, on Facebook. <laughs> 
Well, that's a whole other. Uh, that's, that's Fear the Walking Dead right there. It let me was tell you. Fear the Walking Dead, yeah. That's I, true. I just want to note that I just saw this. I just want to note this real quick. On my article about the Walking Dead title, this is classic internet. That There's only two comments, and one says, what a terrible title. And the next comment says, love the title. That's the internet in a nutshell right there. Yeah, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> there's two sides to everything, right? There's love and hate. There's nothing in between. That's it. <laughs> I wonder if that ends up being something Negan tells uh, Rick, you know. It's like you're you're mad at me. You want to kill me now, but someday you won't be. Yeah, so be to it, kind of tie it back to what Jenner said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? I don't know. Maybe fun. I don't know. We'll see. Speculation. We're talking a lot about The Walking Dead. <laughs> well, we yeah. <laughs> it seems yeah. to be a theme when we do this show, doesn't it? I don't know why. You know, just because it's called The Walking Dead TV podcast. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. Uh, that's it. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So Daryl, nothing, nothing else besides this because they released this at the Comic Con, right? This was. Um, yeah, this is what they was... played, right, at the panel, this uh, teaser? I think, yeah, that was all you okay. got. This really, you know what it is? Did they hurt? To st- everything has been on this. Who is he going to kill? Who is he going to kill? Who right. shot Mr. Kill? Burns? Like, yeah. There's really nothing to talk about besides that. Like, it's... it's Because the cast it, can't talk about anything. Like, none no, of the, Except no. for, like, what, Elizabeth McBride and Lenny uh, James, because they're not directly involved in the situation. So it's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> It's, they're in the, actually the trailer for season seven. You see them a lot, right? Because we know they're alive. They're they're yeah. okay with the with the uh, kingdom. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that be great if they killed both of them randomly in the episode and nobody and none of the others died? Like those. Gotcha. <laughs> we just there's, filmed all those scenes for fakesies just to yeah. make the throw you off. There's Psych. no there's no talk about the you know like where storylines could go. There's like everybody just waiting with bated breath to see if they're going to be pissed off. I mean, we saw some footage from the kingdom, so we definitely know that storyline is going to be kicking in soon. Right, right. right. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, and awesomely so. I mean, but you don't hear the talk too much about it, though. Right. Besides, like everybody wants to get past who dies first, and then we can kind of get into what will be, you know, what will be the storylines that they, they, you know, that they might get into, uh, and what might happen with other characters. But right now, it's like everything has been. You know, who are they going to kill? Who are they going to kill? So it's, it really wasn't much talk about it, anything else. Okay. All right. Well, it, it's it's interesting. And you do see at the end of that trailer, you do see the guts. You see the remnants of whoever, uh, with, I guess, the head or whatever that got bashed in. You see the remains. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it really is. Uh, I, I, now, I, now it's actually getting me excited. This one got me a little. I was kind of pissed at the episode, you know, the way it ended. But now seeing this, I'm like, all right, now I'm ready. I'm, well, I'm, I'm psyched up now. It's funny yeah. because I, yeah, I could, I could acknowledge the level of admiration for AMC in, in how they decided to go about this, because I, I don't think it's past them that the show, as we talked about before, it, it plateaued in the ratings. It didn't, they didn't drop, but for a series that's done nothing but get higher and higher ratings throughout its six-year, so far now seven-year run, which is incredibly impressive, this was the first season where it's like, oh, we didn't break like amazing records week after week like we were. And it seems like they might have shaped a finale around that because they knew what kind of reaction it would get to drill into everybody the fact that they need to see this premiere to know who got, you know, who got Lucille. And right. here we are. Well, you have all, you have just nothing but all you have a whole ad campaign built around who Negan actually killed as opposed to just coming in and being like, now we have Negan. Like they have something Negan plus this and it's become, you know, it's really it's managed the show's managed to capture the zeitgeist in a way it never really has. And that's, yeah. I can admire that. I'm st- that, doesn't, that doesn't make me like the episode more as far as the, how the show's concerned. But right. as far as the big wigs at AMC and Scott Gimple and Robert Outcast Kirkman, I mean, they're, uh, they, they did their thing <laughs> as far as this goes. And again, I'll say it again, Nicotero did an interview, and I don't know if it was a Freudian slip or if it was an actual mistake or a, 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 he, he misspoke, but he did say there was going to be deaths. 
with an S, plural. Yeah, he did say that. And I don't know, again, that could have been a mistake. He could have just misspoke. He could have just, you know, slurred his words or whatever. But, I mean, now the people were – once he, the interview aired with that, now they're saying, wait a second. Okay, was there maybe two main characters going to get it in this episode? So we were looking at possibly two going in Rick's hand at this point, possibly, from what we've heard and what we've seen. That's a lot. So, That's gonna be, <laughs> so this, episode, be this episode could have been called Two and a Half Men. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be over here. They, and they did give Norman Reedus that travelogue show. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. he goes around they on the re- bike. They renewed it for a second yeah. season and everything. They did. So gonna be- <laughs> it just, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but it just has kind of a cheap feeling to it that, about it. Like just waiting for somebody to just get killed. Oh, I did. that's why I was annoyed by the finale to begin with. Right? Yeah, it's just it's and they just teased us that. too yes. all season. They teased us yeah. all season leading up to the finale. Again, it's all we got. It's right? If they would have just shut their mouth and said, "You don't know what we don't, we can't tell you, we don't know what's going to happen," and then the episode aired, we'd be like, oh, "But they said someone's going to die." They kept saying it. Well, okay, but then it doesn't happen. It's like, well, uh-uh. you can't do that. But they did it, and like Aaron said. It actually is kind of like working now. Now it's all building up. We're going to see how massive these ratings are going to well, be. Because it's not like we're, you know, I can't speak for every single person on the planet that watches the show, but it's not like anyone that watched The Walking Dead was disappointed in the finale, but said, "That's it. They've crossed the line. I'm not going to come back to see what happened." <laughs> like, no, we've they, we've lost more fear viewers than that, right? I think, yeah, they, they, yeah. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> and the thing that gets me, I mean, it's The Walking Dead. Of course, people are going to die. You know, right. it's a given. Have you ever watched the show, anybody? I mean, yeah, but is there the, something where I, it just kind of happens? Like, remember in season, with the, when we went to the prison, season three, where it's like the third episode in, and they lose two main characters, Lori and, and, they and lose T-Dog. T-Dog, Lori, and like that one guy, the um, one of the prisoners. Uh, one of the prisoners, yeah. Like, yeah, I'll, 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 like, uh, yeah the, what's I know the actor's name. I can't think of the person's name. It's like Lewis The axe through the head, right? That guy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rick puts oh, no, the no, not the axe of the head. Right? No, no, like there's like a oh. bullet, like a like a he gets like sniped or something. Oh, that's like Axel, but that Ax- happens a couple episodes later. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The I guy with the mustache. I, I don't right? keep track of which episode happens. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here! What is this? A show where I'm supposed to know all this? Get, come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, anything else to talk about The Walking Dead, or should we jump into Fear let's and their wrap up of the let's season? Let's talk two. about Fear. We got a lot of people on the Facebook group asking, "When's that Fear podcast coming out?" <laughs> It's, 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 I think there's a lot of people just listening to the podcast and not even watching the show anymore. I'm, convi- I'm convinced of it. I'm totally convinced of that. And you know what? That's totally fine. I'm, I'm fine with that, too. So, Jim, if you want to hang on, you can. If uh, you want to drop off, you can, too. We're going to start talking about fear. So if you don't want to be spoiled or you don't care or whatever it is. <laughs> if you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you So, you know, I hope you gentlemen have fun uh, with no. your uh, finale. Uh, please, by all means, have a good show. Join Daryl and I on DC TV podcast sometimes, your source for all the DC television. And I will join you when The Walking Dead returns October 23rd. You will join us nice and refreshed. You've uh-huh. kind of just taken it easy a bit. He's going to stroll and back in. Yeah. And ready. Why do they nice always re- leave? <laughs> we suffered through this, <laughs> man. We did it. This show, they always leave. I'll bring, I'll bring Car- a big batch of Carol's casserole. You're going to bring a casserole, Russell stroll back in. Hey, guys. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, nice and rested <laughs> and relaxed. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. You put your, you know, you put during the during the preseason. You put your star players on the bench. You know, oh, the, the big game comes see. up. He had to go there, Aaron. No, he had to go there, man. All right. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> all right, guys, we love you, Jim. Jim, we miss you. We love you. We'll see you soon. All right. I'll be back. I okay. Return. okay. <laughs> Take right, care, man. Jim Deets. Jim Deets. Oh my God. <laughs> You Did say we, Jim, I say Deets. <laughs> we got him off this podcast. We can talk about this. We can talk about the show so, we really love. Fear the Walking Dead. Here we go. Now, to me, they sandwiched two episodes together and made it a season closer. I don't think it was meant 
to be originally when they when they shot the season nah. uh, two sandwiched because usually they'll do like a ninety minute one at that point, right? They're not yeah. going to do two episode titles and a weird way to blend them together. So the first episode's called Wrath. It was directed by Stefan Schwartz and written by Kate Bar- Barnow. And the second episode was called North, uh, directed by Andrew Bernstein, written by the showrunner Dave Erickson. And they kind of pushed them together as one two-hour season finale and I, for Fear the Walking Dead. I will say that the, it does work. I think regardless of if it was in, you know, how it was intended to be aired yeah. to begin with, I think the kind of the transition from one episode to another is very natural. And it feels like the... It, the momentums hold well for being being like I want to watch what happens next. Um, you know, a thing that I don't say very often about the Fear of the Walking Dead. It doesn't help that North I think was a weaker episode than Raft, the mm. preceding episode. But I do think it you know it, it flows right into the next one as opposed to others where they're like just kind of start and stop. I just wonder if that was a happy accident though. I just wonder if it was like you know they just they didn't. I don't think they planned it this way. So maybe it just ended the Raft ended and North began and they were lucky it was the same scene. Is that I mean. Oh, we, I, I, I mean, we, we can we can uh, get uh, get Dave Erickson on this podcast. He's happy to spoil anything that we ask him about. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him on and ask him about that. He seems pretty forward about coming up with uh, reasons why things happen <laughs> without being asked. So. If he's still around for season three, we'll see. We'll see. Not that we're hoping that he gets kicked or anything, but so what's the cold open? Let's jump right into it. Uh, Ophelia is. We see her cruising along in the Ford pickup. When, like many Fords that have come before it, it starts to live up to its name. Found on Road Dead. All right, I could say that, guys. I'm, I'm qualified to say that. That's it. Now, Ford guys will say first on race day, but I say found on Road Dead. It's overheating. She opens the hood and fools around with a busted heater hose, and suddenly a walker tries to, I guess, help her with her repairs or eat her. One of the to. She slams the hood on the walker's arm and kind of pins him there. Then another walker woman attacks Ophelia. She makes her way to the like the passenger door, grabs her trusty claw hammer, and she uses again, we've seen this from the previous episode, she hits the walker in the head with the hammer but using the other side. So not the Tyrese way where you use the, the hammer side. Yeah. She uses the claw side and goes... Yeah. Or special skill. Or Buffy's little, thing. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, it's a little harder to pull out, but I guess she's got it down. She's got her own way of doing it. You're right. Yeah, it's hard to pull out, but when you find out how to do it, it's great. It's, it's a great thing. I can quote yeah. you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> she takes down at least two more walkers with the hammer, uh, then uh, takes a knife off one of the de- dead walkers that she dispatched and uses it to stab the one stuck under the hood. We see that she's on a road and she's reached kind of a fence, like a big barrier of some sort. Uh, and then we see kind of a mini fear of the Walking Dead's budget-sized herd approaching her. She grabs her rosary beads out of the truck, some supplies, uh, some water, and we see her decide to just hoof it. She's not going to bother with the truck anymore. But she's walking alongside this big fence, let's, which uh, we can assume is yeah. the U.S.-Mexico border, I guess, at this point. That's what I'm assuming. Too. So that, right. let's back up to that action sequence. Sure. Uh, that was a pretty nifty action sequence. Like, you get a good, you get a you get a good person on a bunch of walkers action, and mm-hmm. it like it's shot well, it's exciting, it's a good opening. I, you know, for, all, good. The, for all the things we want to talk about that you know aren't great about the series it's nice to get you know a solid little action sequence and ophelia i mean she's developing her skills i guess on the road she's honing her her killer and killing skills which is good she's not just this you know kind of um crying daughter she's now becoming a warrior i think we've noticed this before a wardrobe is changing she's getting that kind of sarah connor look you know with the tight pants and the you know the the the, the that we call it like a, like a tank top type of shirt and mm-hmm. you know she's got that whole look going now that warrior oh yeah look ponytail Ponytail, right? Yeah, yeah they're the down. Sunglasses, they're down you know. in you know on the border. It's you know it's, it's hot down there. They gotta... <laughs> <laughs> this is warrior clothes. You, you, you see the Walking Dead, like the, the females. You know when they get into yeah. warrior mode, like yeah, the pants warrior, get tight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. That's yeah, <laughs> that's their that's their uniform. Yeah, that's right. 
So we see the opening credits at this point. There's no screech, no screech on this one, but there is a very spooky Pirates of the Caribbean trailer that happens right after the credits. Yeah, this is this and, is where we get to our newest segment. <laughs> yes. So trailer within a season finale within a podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah, go Cap- ahead. Captain Jack is back. Um, as we, as we get to this. <laughs> I love the logic that Disney's like, man. There's football games going on right now, but you know what? I bet the Fear the Walking Dead, the audience, would probably be more worthy of seeing the exclusive Pirates of the Caribbean trailer. <laughs> than, than the football audience. Yeah, the, that's a yeah. good point, actually. You're right. But, yeah. uh, but there it was. That right away, they, they went to a, the, the debut of the trailer for the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And I only bring this up because there's three out of four of those movies that I've seen already that I really kind of like. I like this series. I like these movies. I think the fourth one's a flaming pile of garbage but like if they're going to do this again i i want to be more optimistic about it hopefully they take they've taken their time so hopefully they uh get back to something else and move away from uh having more of johnny depp i think the first three films work because they have a certain amount of johnny depp in them but uh we'll see and they got yeah they got javier bardem in there as like a creepy ghost zombie pirate thing i liked him he was good yeah that was that was pretty nice it's a good look for him probably not yeah. on like you know the weekdays but you know it's good for the... <laughs> but what did you tweet right after that came out it was funny I was well, because there's no johnny depp in the trailer like it's, right, they, right. So it's like not even disney can rely on the, on putting that's johnny depp was. in the trailers these days <laughs> that's what you tweeted that was actually really funny i was like i'm not smiling as i read that i'm like okay yeah i guess you're right was, there was no depp but you just know he's there you felt his presence because well, yeah, they show was, like yeah. a poster that he's wanted and like javier bardem's like looking for him but then you know he's you not know. actually in the trailer. <laughs> Captain Jasper. I forgot they were doing another one. I think this. most people did until they saw yeah. this trailer during the Fear the Walking Dead podcast. But you can the Fear the Walking Dead. Movies, they, are, they are pretty good. I mean, like you said, the other one, the fourth one's whatever. But I mean, they're really great I adventures. Like, I mean, they're, they're, they're good movies. Adventures. Yeah, I had great naps during all three. Because <laughs> they, because <laughs> they are way, me in Lord of the Rings. That's when I fall asleep. They are over long. I don't deny that. I know there's no people that don't like a lot of those. A lot of the sequels, but I like this. I like the first two sequels as much as i like that first one but uh <laughs> but uh well, yeah and, and that's it so it tied right into fear of the walking dead it was a good good placement i think we all agreed and then you got a little sneak preview of aaron's podcast out now with aaron and abe and that's yep. what he talks about exactly movies yep. and, and their trailers as well yep. so that's it we now uh we go back to fear the walking dead the commercial's over the trailer's over we see nick and luciana in bed it's nighttime nick quietly leaves luciana sleeping and meets rinaldo uh, the pair apparently try to leave the colonia to make the deal with the with the gang that's at the market. First stop, of course, they have to pick up the drugs, so they go to the far- pharmacia quietly. They in, break in, whatever, make, get the drugs out of there. Uh, Reynaldo and Nick make it to the bus leading to the Wall of Walkers. Uh, Ray then makes a comment to Nick in Spanish about how new love makes a man brave. Nick replies, I hope so, <laughs> and uh, and they keep keep going on their mission. We switch There's back. Nothing like new, new love. <laughs> <laughs> You can't. Donald Trump can say it. You, you don't have to say it, right? That's uh, it. Uh, <laughs> At the resort, Travis is asleep on a sofa, and Madison is simply watching him sleep. Travis then wakes up and asks, you know, why are you, why are you looking at me? Why are you watching me? She simply says, uh, I'm trying to find the right words. She's still trying to counsel him somehow. Right. She then tries. She, she tells him that uh, he didn't fail Chris. Don't worry. You kept your you kept your word to Liza. You did not fail either of them. Chris was too far gone. Maddie says that Chris is safer, though, with the people who understand him. So she's trying to excuse Travis, heal him a bit, you right. know, of what he did by abandoning his son to the uh, to the bro. Yeah. And he was an asshole. So it's OK. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was totally. So Travis says he wants to believe it. He goes, 
uh, but we but we can still see he's in a lot of pain. I mean, he's, you can tell by his eyes, and he's just he's just not himself. He's crying inside. He's he's definitely doing. He's broken. Crying in a shower. He, he's he's a broken. You can definitely see it. Something something's eating him up. I just assume well, that everybody hurts is playing on repeat in his mind as this is all going. That's on. what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's Sometime. exactly what I'm thinking. I'm going to have to make that the uh, closing song, huh? Oh, That's good. Right. Yep. <laughs> so Madison leaves, but on the way out, she says, hey, you can come downstairs when you're feeling up to it, when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Switch back again to the market. Nick arrives to make the deal, but insists he talks to Marco. Alicia, I'm going, again, it's going real quick here. Back at the hotel, Alicia brings Travis some food. Uh, she says uh, they cook the food, and they cook the food in lard here, and it makes it taste great. Okay. They open the drapes. And then uh, she opens the drapes and then apologizes to Travis for possibly pushing Chris away and over the edge back at the um, at the at the, uh, the the resort, not the resort, the the mansion that they were at. Travis said that at the time he couldn't see it, that his son was sick. He just couldn't see it at the time. But Travis then apologizes to Alicia, which I thought was really cool for not protecting her better and believing in her in the first place, yeah. leaving her in the first place. So that was Nice little healing moment between the two of them. Yeah, it was great. You know, holding a knife over their bodies when they're sleeping. And, and then she has, he doesn't believe her, right? Yeah, couldn't, <laughs> so, yeah. See, it. couldn't see it. Boys will be boys, as they say. <laughs> Back at the market again, uh, we see Marco. <laughs> Here we go. It's fear. Mm. We see Marco using a map and describing uh, where and how the Colonia is protected. To It looks like a fellow drug lord or somebody, you know, one of his gang members or perhaps a f- uh, from the, the opposite gang. The drug lord asks how they will penetrate the walkers and the walls. Marco responds, again, this is all in Spanish, with a lot of firepower. Yes. So he's, you can see they're gearing up to, to take this uh, colonia by force. All right. Then can you dig it. <laughs> Nick and Rinaldo appear right inside the market just at the right time. And Nick offers the oxy to Marco saying that he knows that Marco knows where the location of the Colonia is. He goes, I know you found us out. I saw you checking us out. But uh, listen, we're going to make regular deals. There'll be no more BS. We're going to come once a week. Don't attack our people. Just leave us be. We're going to give you your drugs and we can all live happily ever after. But And Marco respects what Nick has to say. He goes, you're a gringo that doesn't hide anything. So he kind of like he respects Nick for that at least a little bit. Right. But Marco also shows Nick the remains of Francisco and his dead family, the ones that ran away last episode. Yeah, there's that also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just rotting on the floor. Marco gives Nick a chance, though, to run back to the Colonia and, and evacuate the people. He says, look, I'll give you a chance. Go back. You can get your people out tonight. They won't be harmed. Otherwise, we're coming. What is their so, goal in this? Like, what do you like? Like, what, why the, did they save the bodies? I mean, did they know Nick would come back and they saved it to show him? It's probably for shock value. Yeah, yeah. Kept, they kept him kind of in that little room for a reason. Well, they they, they they already had the curtain, so they're like, well, we ought to put something behind here, <laughs> like the butcher's curtain, like that. Yeah, that that, that plastic curtain. Well, right. That's that, a yeah. real smelly, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of point to make and leaving those bodies just sitting there rotten like that. Yeah, well, I guess they, they, they made it all right. They drove it home. Yeah. yeah. But, I, it's a good question. Why do what, they want to go to the Colonia? Like what like, what, yeah, what do they know. get out of that? It seems like they have, I mean, what, just get, get more supplies, I guess, is the Yeah, they overall. want to sightsee. They want a different environment. It's open area. I mean, it's not really that great a place. I, I think it's a um, it's like a citadel type of thing. I think because it's on the hilltop and there's only one way in and one way out, I'm thinking that that's the reason why it's a protected kind of you could see your enemies coming at you too it's high up on the hill and it's they, they kind of want it for its geographical value i'm thinking i mean i don't know i mean obviously they can get the drugs too all the drugs that they want if they you know take the pharmacia that's true i mean i guess if they don't run away with the drugs but 
you know, I don't know. You're right. It doesn't. You're thinking it's just a plot device. It's like why why leave the market? The market looks right. safe, right? Like why right. would you want to leave? Yeah. Well, it can't be to get the drugs. They would have. They would have just took them out. Just, 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 just you warn them. Of course, yeah. they're going to take everything. So. Yeah, that's the thing too. Yeah, they say because that's why I have more questions there. Because like it's they 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 want to take this place, but they're giving them a warning to let people leave. So the people are going to leave. They're going to take all the things. They take can. the drugs. So, like, right. The drugs aren't that what, huge. They're so, not that big. You can carry them. So right? like, yes. what what is the, what is Marco <laughs> gaining out of like having this empty place beyond having just I guess like a beach house all of a sudden or whatever you want to call it? Like I mean. Right. It's, yeah, I guess it's strategically they want they wanted for some reason. I don't know. I mean, like I said, that market looked pretty well protected. It's a brick building, but maybe it's not high enough up. Maybe they want to see their enemies coming. I, I don't know. I mean, who knows what they what, what goes through the minds of drug lords, fictional ones on TV, that is. Well, I know some do it for their family. <laughs> some, <laughs> some want to get revenge. Some just, box, have, right? some just have to be big admirers of their science teachers. I mean, there's a lot of reasons I know. They may all stem from one show, but still. (laughs) (laughs) So at the hotel, it appears that uh, they're taking in any and all refugees that were beating down the fence. They've kept them in looks like a parking garage or a basement underneath the the resort itself. And uh, Andre... The, res- the resident medic is seeing to their wounds uh, as he can, and Alicia and Hector are helping by feeding the refugees and keeping them comfortable. Then the two bromigos we see that were at the end of last episode, they're inside as well. Brandon and Derek are making some noise. They're complaining that they haven't been tended to yet um, and how they, they, you know, they dislocated his shoulder. We're white. Madison, help us. I think that's what they're, <laughs> they're like, Pretty much. It was just, yeah, they were like, yeah, come on. Give us some help here. <laughs> Madison walks over and tells them basically to be quiet but overhears them talking about how they flipped their truck and some guy, some 16-year-old from L.A. who didn't have his license. Yeah, bro. It was the one who was driving. Mm-hmm, yeah, obviously, bro. this sets off uh, Madison's spider senses because she's great at hearing disparate <sighs> details and putting them all together to relate them to exactly the people she's exactly. looking for. Two right. bros? Two <laughs> So Madison told the story, right? So last episode to to Madison, right? So yeah, the, so now she has the details. These these are the yeah. bromigos, right? Asshole she's pulled together. Kid, two bros. <laughs> what? Chris? Yeah. Where, where boy? Where is this? <laughs> so she puts the pieces together, and these are the bromigos. But instead of telling Travis, she runs to Strand in the next scene to ask if she should tell Travis because he's a real man. Strand does his does, is, is good with her. He kind of calms her down. He says, "Look, look, Madison, calm down." And he kind of reminds her. He, actually, he asks her. He poses a question to her: "What keeps you going every day?" That's right. And she says, "My kids, Nick and Alicia." So Madison and then admits, "You're right. You know, Travis is already pretty much broken, and that if he finds out that Chris is now dead, it'll be the end of Travis." Yeah, that's what she says. It'll be. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So she decides not to tell Travis. Mm-mm. And we see what she does in a few seconds. Back at the Colonia, Nick and Reynaldo return from their mission to the uh, to the to the market. Luciana is pissed, but not for long because Nick explains, "Look, he's sorry for leaving her in the middle of the night, but we have much bigger problems than yeah. that. Oh, we got yeah. problems with Marco." She insists they meet with Alejandro right away so they can come up with a plan together. We the next scene in the clinic. They're all the three of them are sitting together. Uh, Alejandro uh, and uh, they're behind a curtain. Alejandro is more than a little upset with Nick for disobeying his orders for not leaving the colony, but Nick calmly explains that the situation that, look, we are way outgunned, this gang knows exactly where we are, and I know that they're coming. So he's very logical, he's very calm, he he explains the situation, look, there's no option here, we have to leave. In a bed nearby, though, we see like a walker foot hit the floor, like like it's a zombie getting, coming alive, coming off the bed. 
it reaches through the curtain right for Nick. It kind of lunges for Nick, but Alejandro steps in and really takes the bite for Nick. I mean, whether he wanted to or not, he kind of basically saved Nick by letting him bite the zombie bit him, uh, Alejandro, on the arm. Right. Right away, I'm thinking, okay, now here's a pretty good excuse for, or a pretty good reason to see that he's not immune, as I've known every single step of the way here, but <laughs> here we are. Exactly. We speculated that that was the case, and it seems to be true. It was so, so convenient, though, right? Yeah. So Nick, Nick does this, like, flip move. He flips the zombie over the ledge where it lands downstairs, but it lands right on top of another patient in the bed. Thanks, so that, Nick. Th- yeah, thanks, Nick. The guy bites the, – the zombie bites this patient's nose clean off. It was a cool cool CG or whatever they used right there. I mean, that was really amazing. Oh, that's, got, that's Nick Otero's pra- – he's, he's practical. You, you, you show no, that, a nose that, getting that, bit that, off. He's going to make sure that, it's as real as possible. That's, <laughs> that's silicone and latex. That, that's no CG right there. He, yeah, he painted yeah. that, that nose bone. Oh, that looks pretty <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like his nose was totally missing. Yeah, there's a lot of extreme close-ups on the violence that we see uh, in this yeah. uh, that's good. And, it's and, good. And, and I like that. We need that in the Walking well, Fear to Well, we'll get to the next episode where we see stuff that I don't think we need to see. But this episode, yeah, okay, we get the zombie violence in there. Sure, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty gross. I mean, this show tries so hard not to be The Walking Dead. They try to avoid scenes like this, but you know what? It's, it was refreshing to see it. And Nick runs down the stairs, um, and he finally gets gets the zombie off of. Uh, actually, he bit before before that. The zombie bit a woman's fingers clean off too. Sure did. Yeah, it was near the guy in the bed. So don't let me forget that. Nick finally runs down and then tackles the zombie. It's not tackles, but gets on top of him and sticks both thumbs deep into the eye sockets of the zombie until it finally stops moving. So I guess he punctured the brain somehow or whatever just by his thumbs now, going into the eye sockets. Now here's my – it's weird to try to channel up the same kind of energy you had the first time we did this podcast and talked about this exact same thing. <laughs> but We're doing pretty good. But I, I could not – I. I never, I would never believe that Nick would do something like this. This is not the, the idea of him sticking fig, the stink, the fingers in the eyes. Like I, I don't believe the character would do this kind of action. I feel like he would try to find a, another way to dispatch the zombie, but not like go thumbs first into a zombie's eye sockets to like dispatch him. It seems so much more like a we need to show something really gross for whatever reason, as opposed to um, going some a way that seems more. You know, functional, logical, whatever. So it just feels exploitive. Um, and in a show like this, where it seems to constantly grapple between if it wants to be more campy or grounded in realism, and it certainly seems to push the grounded in realism idea a lot more forward because it's trying this not, one especially. Yeah, this, this one especially show. compared right, to right. compared to The Walking Dead. The Fear of the Walking Dead seems to like it wants to, you know, feel like a you know a, gr- a grounded version of what it is to be at ground zero of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> well. This thing, this thing, it really feels like it's going way over the top to get you know us to see a you know a quote cool kill as opposed to seeing something that makes more sense. But that it was wasn't my... unwelcome. I, I think I, I was fine with it. It was it was gory and nasty and bloody, and I I, I dug it. Well, I was sep- fine. Sep- I mean, if it's like an internet gif, sure, it's like okay, that was crazy. Wow, I didn't <laughs> see that before. But like, if I I'm watching, that. Yeah. if I'm watching the character Nick, who I know what I know about him, I don't see him as, like, the one that does this. I don't, like, maybe, uh, what's his, what, you know, Chris. No, he's the one to keep his hands clean. Yeah, I mean, like, he'll, not... he'll get everything else dirty, because he's done that right. weekly at this point, right. but... Uh, That'd be like yeah. an Abraham move or something, right? That would be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's not something I would see him do. <laughs> so It, it wasn't push come to shove. It was just like, I'm in this room, and here's this thing. There's probably all kinds of things around me. I'm in a, a scalpel thing. or something. Yeah, something like, I could grab. Right? But yeah, he would have like, used something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally, Alejandro makes it downstairs, uh, and then they settle down. The, the zombie is dead. 
Alejandro looks around. He looks at his bite wound on his arm kind of strangely. He just simply rolls his sleeve down and he says, estoy bien, estoy bien, I'm okay, and, and that's it. But Nick sees something in his eye, like he sees a little, little worry in, uh, in Alejandro's face, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Ophelia, we see back to her, is walking in the desert. Um, she's, again, next to some very high chain link fence and barbed wire. We're assuming, again, it's the USA border. She finally sees an opening in it, cut through. She proceeds in. Welcome to the USA. Uh, back to the Colonia. The townspeople are doing their chant as the two who are bitten, the one whose nose is now missing and the one who's now missing a few fingers in the clinic, are being walked into the bus, which is eventually so they can walk into the horde of, of walkers so they can be eaten. And I had a real problem with this. I put it in big capital letters in my notes here. Why didn't they just cut off her hand? I don't understand that. I mean, she, they could have saved this woman by taking off her hand. I mean, we know that, right? And as as we kind of talked about, I think um, it's it comes down to kind of the power of this cult, the power of this kind of you know religious calling, whatever you want to call it, as far as this the, this Mexico group is concerned, and the the way they handle these kind of things. Where, for one thing, they may not know the kind of the intricacies of cutting off limbs to preserve a body, but I do think it's more of a you know the spirituality that's surrounding this idea of what we do when you know the dead come after us and what um what uh what's his name Paul Calderon's character um Alejandro Alejandro Alejandro's you know kind of preaching and speaking as far as his thoughts on why the dead are here or why they're coming back to life I think it it very much plays into just how devoted these people are and why ultimately they're probably they don't really want to leave until they hear you know some some kind of calling that says otherwise that kind of dissuades them from believing in this whatever they whatever it is so it's part of the cultish thing like they're they're chosen at this point like yeah. uh, so like, she was bitten even obviously she could be saved you know, yeah from an out chosen from, now to join the dead right from, yeah. from, okay. from an outside perspective obviously it looks ludicrous i mean we knew that from the first time we saw this you know we first this, time we, the, the, the ceremony the first right? time yeah. we saw the ceremony of people being put through the bus and into the world of walkers like it's 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 crazy i mean and we're in a crazy time and I can't say that the you know the show the writing of it has supported me like being fully on board with seeing something like this, but at the same time I get what they're trying to do, so I can justify it to that length, regardless of how silly it kind of looks when you think about what's happening. Yeah, well, and we see Nick on the side on the camera too. He looks a little distressed at what's happening, and he also is eyeballing Alejandro the whole time as well. Uh, Luciana kind of. You know, walks up to him and says, "Hey, what's going on?" Uh, he says he's just worried. Look, we're running out of time here. I mean, we're doing these ceremonies, but we got to go. And she replies, "Look, it's faith that matters most." So she's still very much believing in this cultish belief, whatever it may be, the Alejandro's school. Uh, and you can see that she's still very much a part of that. Back at the resort. Madison and Andre are walking over to Brandon Bromigo to tend to his dislocated shoulder. Andre says, look, it's going to be very painful for me to set this here. You may scream a little bit. Let's get somewhere where there's some more privacy. But some of the refugees see what's going on or they hear the, the commotion of him being moved to a private area. And they get annoyed because, wait a second, we're sitting here and you're taking care of these guys and taking them to a private room. We've been sitting here all night. They yeah. start to kind of riot up a little bit. They start F to get drunk. <laughs> I um, I I get you know in high you know in retrospect thinking about this more I get because we, we talked last time we attempted this about 
yes. how ridiculous it kind of seemed that it's like all these people are down here, not in a hotel room, and they're like, let's take the white guys to a different area because it's going to be so painful to put their arm back in. And we're thinking it doesn't – based on when it actually happens, it did not look that painful that they had to move them to an entirely different location. But I guess no. the logic is more of Madison needs to confront these people about this whole Chris Travis situation. So I, and, and then it leads to the preceding scene of them being kind of forced out of the hotel to begin with. So it's like – I, on the one hand, I get the I guess there is a kind of a deeper logic to why they wanted to move them. Still, following the episode where Madison is you know basically trying to willfully keep out all the Mexicans from their hotel, um, and then we're at a new, we're at a new scene where it's like let's take only the white guys to the fancier rooms while the rest get to rot in this parking lot area. It's like okay, <laughs> I, we're we're really not communicating the kind of subtextual energy that we need to make this seem more like right. a positive thing or some kind of like what about you know more, the more you know type situation. It just feels more like <laughs> the more you know. It, 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 it just instead feels like. Wow, that seems really sketchy. That's more of the reaction I get from this whole thing. Yeah, instead of just taking them to the gate, like I, well, I didn't. I just thought she was just gonna walk them out towards the gate at least. Well, that's what she ends up doing, obviously. I mean, but but it, it, it was yeah, but, it was odd. It was yeah, the whole was thing. Odd. The whole little scene was odd. I mean, because they start rioting up really quick. These people were supposedly injured and hungry and tired. They all start getting up and a lot of energy and rioting, and then basically Alicia has to leave. Mm-hmm. But everyone has to leave the, the, the parking garage at that point. Uh, Elena, they all just flee into the hotel. We see then upstairs, Travis is still you know moping around, still a little broken, in his room folding some clothes. But he hears the commotion outside of the rioting refugees. He walks out to the hallway. There's a window there. He looks out there, and he sees Maddie and Andre are leading the Bromigos, which he can clearly see from 300 feet away or whatever it is. He can see that it's the Bromigos and, and the mob behind them to the main gate and i guess he uses I guess he has bionic vision or something i don't know how that works but travis yells chris through the closed window chris isn't there but he still yells chris right. through the closed window strand hears this he pops out of his room and says hey travis what's going on <laughs> travis, <laughs> travis ignores strand and just runs straight down the staircase to make it outside so just to, this is like that scene yeah. in, in my cousin Vinny, where Vinny points out like all these crazy things that are in the way of a witness seeing what could have actually happened like trees right, bushes with, with the glasses right? gla- yeah, glasses <laughs> the like a grimy uh, screen door this is so this scene is Travis is all the way at the top of you know the top of this building. He's like you know, right. twenty at least twenty floors up. He looks yes. all the way down and sees crystal clear that it's those two same white guys. Okay, I can buy that maybe. But then he, he as they're like halfway to the gate where they could have been like taken out already. Travis somehow runs down every single one of these flights of steps because there's no power. Then runs all the way across the 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 walkway to get to these people and manages to catch them up before they get out the gate. It's amazing. Like it, he, he's bionic, man. I don't he know must, what to tell you, but he, he's, he's got, got that some range. Balance. I assume yeah, that, that <laughs> I assume that the hotel must have been like fifty miles away, but he like ran the whole way because he's just that good. <laughs> he made it. So outside, Maddie and Andre tell the Bromigos that look, this is this is not good. You guys got to get out of here. This mob is going to kill you. Um, Brandon insists that he says Maddie or whatever he doesn't know her name, but he says you got to protect us. And suddenly Travis appears and he makes his way through the mob and insists that Brandon tell him where Chris is. So we cut to commercial. Where's Chris? Where's Chris? And instead of returning back to this very answer, we go to the different seat after the commercial. <laughs> yes, we go back to, to the Colonia. At Nick's house, he's packing and getting ready to go away with Luciana. Uh, she is still not sure it's the right move to, to go because um, it goes against Alejandro's wishes. She still has a lot of faith in him. They start to argue about this when the man himself, Alejandro, comes in. Nick insists that he saw 
here on Alejandro's face when he was bitten today and tells Alejandro to come clean about his quote-unquote immunity. Luciana is a little confused at this, but Nick seems to know what Alejandro's real story is. He's very intuitive, apparently. Alejandro then explains he was bitten by the drug addict he was trying to save who wasn't yet a walker. He is not immune, after all, and he's starting to get the fever. He let the people around him tell the false story that he was bitten and survived. He didn't stop them. He didn't dissuade them from telling that story because, look, it it allowed them to create the colony – and gather survivors based around that that cause that right. you know he is the cause, and he rationalizes it. Look, even though it's a lie, yes, I lied, but this colony has saved more people than let die on the outside. So he kind of yeah. rationalizes it that way. It's a constant thing with them. With Nick, we're always trying to show that because he lived the life of an addict, those skills have prepared him for this world. So his and, addict skills of like reading this guy is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, he, he does read. that. Yeah, they go to that. They they give him a lot of chances to read people, you know, of the, throughout the show. So this is well, just another example of that with him. Didn't we see it too? It's funny, you're right? Didn't we see it when he was in the market and he saw from like from it was a dark corner. He saw Marco's sister was was a junkie. Like he yeah. detected it. Like it, he knew, right? Like yeah. Even when Strand did the whole thing of him being an addict and when Madison's trying to say that it's a negative. Strand was saying it's a positive in this world. Like yeah. he even said that in the first. He's fearless. Season. He said yeah. he's fearless. That he's was his fearless. Uh, like right. all, all of that life of you know the life that he led that didn't work for him when in, in the in the you know previous world. It's perfect for this. This is this is his yeah. world now. His, yeah. So Luciana um, is devastated when she hears this. This mea culpa of Alejandro, and then essentially she says, that's putting that a, "Mea culpa." That's putting it lightly. <laughs> I like it, but that's funny. <laughs> I like the idea of him saying that. It's like, I lied, mea culpa. I lied. <laughs> I'm not I'm actually. I'm not actually immune. <laughs> Listen, my name is Paul. That's between y'all. Yeah, right. <laughs> but she didn't like that. She said that he's dead to her, right. and then and he just is shocked, but then walks out of the cabin or the trailer. Nick continues to pack, and Luciana begs him to stay and insists that this place is more of a home to her than any other place that she's been even before the apocalypse. Um, but nah, Nick just does not going to hear it. Now she's tripping. That's not. That's yeah. Yeah, she acted cra- <laughs> like that whole thing of we'll just see what our fate is, just stay here and, and see. Like, I mean, it, it's ballsy, but it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's like. It's real you know, brave with people that's about to get it, slaughtered. It seems like among the people that are believing in the whole message that's being trying to be sent by Alejandro, she's one of the smarter ones. So you'd kind yes. of think, okay, I, I guess this presumed leader I have is not the thing I thought it was. I could probably, you know, bug out at this point. But nope, I'm still sticking with this idea that I should stay here. <laughs> that's the thing, yeah, that's the thing with me. Like, they show her to be so smart and to be a survivor. And to now, like, this does not seem like a survivor to me to just say, we're just going to sit. We're just going to wait. We're going to pray. We're going to meet our fate. We're going to, she says it's it's a couple scenes ahead, but yeah, we'll we'll take our fate wherever, you know, takes us. That's not the, 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 you know, the reaction of a survivor that I think of. So we uh, cut to another scene, Ophelia again. She's still in the desert. She's still walking across the desert. We can see it's hot. We can see she's alone. She's drinking her water when suddenly she gets shot at kind of at her feet. Um, from somewhere in the distance. She runs and hides behind a tree and starts to pray, and she draws her knife, but suddenly the rifleman who was shooting at her just kind of walks up on her and says, hey, disarm. She throws the knife down, and, and, and this uh, kind of militia man, if you will, this stereotypical... 
Yeah, the stereotypical uh, <laughs> uh, you know, white white American militiaman says, Buenos dias, senorita. Welcome to America. Yeah, ain't going to be no Clinton up in this country. <laughs> so we don't know what state she's in, but I mean, either way, we, we got we got some militia protecting that, yeah. that stretch of the border. That's it. I protect what's mine. <laughs> it was weird that he emerged from behind a... a- <laughs> A fake brick wall that he built just in front of her, but you know that was <laughs> <laughs> like, like a duck blind. Well, it's kind of funny, but but the thing is, isn't Ophelia technically like American? Wasn't she born in yeah, America? Yeah, she is yes. American. Yes. Yeah, right. I mean, is. <laughs> right. She needs her passport. Right. She says, "No, Mister, Mister, I'm American." Anyway, at the hotel cafe or gift shop, whatever. That is in the front there. Travis, Madison, and Andre, and the groom Oscar now appears. Uh, bring uh, they bring in the Bromigos for some questioning and medical attention. Ding ding ding! And that's when you hear the bell. Oh, I, I hear like uh, yeah, Vince McMahon and 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 uh, Gorilla Monsoon on, on the on the microphone doing the play by play in a few seconds. But the boys won't this talk. This show could use more Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh my gosh! Right? <laughs> you, you imagine he's sitting in the middle of the ring and then he's he's yelling to the bros who are down the aisle. This scene could have totally by, narrated by him though. It would have been perfect. You know what I mean? Yes, Chris. But, <laughs> throw the microphone. Uh, Steel chair comes out. The boys won't talk until Andre sets uh, Brandon's dislocated shoulder, which he does. And then Travis insists they tell him what happened to his son. Brandon tells a story, and we see kind of a flashback at this point. Uh, and it's, it's a version that's Brandon's telling, that where Chris volunteered to drive because the other two were so tired. Uh, Chris must have dozed off. We see that. And he flipped the truck like six times. Brandon said he was thrown Chris was thrown through the windshield, and his neck was broken in a funny way when they caught up to him on the, on the ground. Travis is devastated by the news, but asks if Chris was really dead when they found him. Because, again, he doesn't believe Brandon because of his history of killing his friends. Who would believe a bro when they tell you something? Especially after he shot two of his best friends before. Exactly. It's like, you know, he's got, he's got history here. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but on the way out of the room, Travis then remembers, okay, hold on. Where is my son now? I want to, you know, maybe do something. Derek, the other Bromingo chimes in thinking he's helping, saying, oh, well, once they pulled him from the wreckage of the windshield, they buried him nicely by a tree. And then Travis kind of sets off for a second. He's, wait a second. Was he thrown or did you pull him out? The story's kind of conflicting now. And then we see another version of the flashback. We see kind of the, the real version of what happened through Travis's mind or whatever. And then Travis then locks Madison out of the store, oh, he yeah. kind of locks them all out and, and and starts to beat Derek a bit, yeah, and then okay, switches over to Brandon. So before we get to the epic throwdown mm-hmm. that happens with Travis yes, versus Bromigos, which I love, right. um, and <laughs> we need to go back to this crash that we, we depicted here in the show, because uh, yeah. I I can enjoy the let's let's rush him on it up and tell different versions of the story. That's fun, but the <laughs> the um. The Bromigos we see are just lying in the back of a truck, right? I mean, they're just, like, lying in the truck bed. <laughs> in the bed. In the truck bed. You will. And yeah. the crash that we see is, like, this hairy, horrendous crash of the truck, Flips like, flipping over. over. Multiple times. And the only thing that happened to these guys was, like, a scratch and a dislocated shoulder. Like, these guys, like, now, I don't know how. clothes, everything. Yeah, right. yeah. How no, are they no road su- rash, nothing, right? How just, are they yeah, surviving just... that crash where they're, like, just lying there and it flips over that big? 
that yeah. bro power, man. It's, they were shielded. Yeah. Well, it's possible, and they didn't really show it, honestly. They didn't show the physics of the crash. The crash happened very fast on screen, but yeah. maybe they got thrown on the first flip, and they just ended up on the ground. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't take the six flips in yeah, the bed I, of the truck. You know, they, I, they I of, guess, but... Yeah, we, I mean, that's like, the only thing I can think of at that point. Their face yeah. wasn't even scratched. If, like, this show was more pop, if this show was more popular, I'd say we need to myth bust this immediately and get yeah. them on the case, but that's just... Well, listen, I, I, I can get an F-150 from Ford if you need me to call them up. I just can't crash it though i mean that's the thing I, they don't <laughs> let me do that <laughs> they, don't, they don't let me do that unfortunately damn <laughs> Wait, what's what's test what's test drive doing <laughs> <Where are they>? <laughs> <laughs> well actually we did we did review the f-150 it's a good truck uh 2017 definitely recommended but um i don't know if i can crash it though but we'll have to do something well we'll figure it out somehow because we gotta know we got <laughs> we got a myth bus like we like crash test dummies in the, in the bed and see yeah, what happens okay gotta oh, see yeah. what's happening <laughs> So we continue the flashback, and again, um, he, the beating stops for a second, and Brandon says, okay, man, we'll tell you, man, we'll tell you, man, we killed him, we had to put him down, we had to, man, look, we had to, this is what he's saying to, to Travis, and then we see the final flashback, because it was three segments of this flashback, Chris is actually alive after the crash, and manages to kind of punch out the windshield and crawl from the wreckage, but his left leg is badly broken, like you even see like the, I guess, what is that, the femur or whatever yeah, bone that is kind of sticking up through the um through the skin and then brandon shoots him dead in the street through you, the head you gotta, so that's you, the end of chris you gotta hand it to the show that they're so frustrated with how they've done chris that not even they are convinced with having a better death for him they're just like let's just do it in a grainy flashback and shoot yeah, him in the face right. <laughs> it's just, and, so- and that was oddly dis- dissatisfying like we wanted to see him cr- I, I i wanted to see him just mm-hmm. die horrific horrifically die and this was i mean kind of a mercy killing at this point i mean he's dead but still it wasn't horrific no and yeah it just was so uh thrown to the side it was just so you know it's a weird sort of art because i think you you talked about this before uh craig on the other show that you know it would have been much more interesting to see because we speculated that we thought travis wasn't telling the whole truth last week when he when he he talked about the story of how he's there and where chris is and we thought there might have been some missing pieces like we're going to see more of you know another interaction between the two of them but apparently that wasn't the case and we got the whole story and it's less satisfying because we don't get like a final confrontation between a father and his son that's been so you know kind of amped up over the course of this season we don't you know you you'd get something like you like i was trying to say you said craig that It'd be right. way more interesting to see a final confrontation between Travis and Chris, where Travis was the one that had to put his son down, and that's why he exactly. feels so down in the dumps. But instead, we just get you know some lazy flashback stuff. Instead, it's just like okay, well, that takes away a lot. For like as much as I've been critical of a lot of the things on this show, including you know the Chris Travis stuff, I, I've liked that they're able to create these Bromigo characters who are just so despicable that I'm actually able to take my anger against that's that you know the storyline involving chris and travis and put it towards them so i can get back to at least appreciating what they're trying to do and showing a son becoming a sociopath and a father having to deal with it in like the worst way possible i, I think it would be a much more compelling story like, like the, that's exactly what i said i mean that totally. you know that, that travis had to put down his son and that would un unmistakably un- change him for the rest of the show he'd be a changed man he'd be in, in a really weird place and I mean, that would be really compelling. That would be a big move for the show to do that. I mean, we saw the kids get put down with, you know, look at the flowers on the other show, and that was okay. But that wasn't even her kids. It was somebody else's kids. See, that was the only only counter I had where it's like, well, the the Walking Dead proper already technically did something similar to that. Now, yes, you're correct. It's not her child, but at the same time, time, if you're showing a kid that's that young – 
having to be shot by you know the surrogate mother character that's pretty emotional like that's gonna was. you know it's it's a pretty hard thing to do so you know the idea of playing off that same riff that's a hard thing to go along with as far as how much are we gonna do to separate this show from the other show so it's a weird place to be at but at the same time it shouldn't have to concern itself with the, with what the other show is doing. It should try to be its own show. It's just what we're trying to say all along here. So. Yeah, it just needs to be its own thing. And I, I think it would have been great to see a showdown between Travis and Chris, and and, and you know, maybe even some justice for killing that farmer. I think Travis really had. He felt he did, this was an innocent man. We're on his property. Yeah. And my son killed him in cold blood, and now he's choosing these people over me. That's it, done, and just has to, has to basically put down the son. That's what I actually wanted. That's what I was looking forward to. Like Once I saw so that nice. farmer go, yeah, when the farmer went down, you saw that last scene. It was a two episodes ago, and you see Travis's face. Right? It's like, okay, yeah. I see where this is going. He's going to have to kill Chris. And I was actually getting excited about it. Right? I'm like, right. this is great. And then they, yeah, you're right. Do this grainy flashback thing, and the bromigos, and I don't know if they. I mean, look, it's it's still interesting the way it ended, and we can all be happy Chris is dead. Right? Let's just not forget. Yeah, okay. I know, but the crying no in the shower, Chris. like yeah. the overly dramatic crying in the shower scene at the end uh, previously, that, right? like it was like there's more to it. Like it just felt like he was just overly upset than the way that it was left. Like, You're saying I he was mean, too emotional just by leaving his kid with these the other dude, group of kids, right? Right, because your son basically with these other guys who had guns on you. So you got to figure he's okay for at least a little while, right? right. So he's said, all right. You can't yeah. come. Like basically, they said that you, you know, you, you're not coming. I'm leaving, Dad, and I don't want you to come with me. Can you imagine that leaving your father behind? I mean, that that's just like, that's what he did. Left him with no supplies, nothing. Just right. Just left. Like I just can't see. I could see him being angry. <laughs> they even ate all the chickens. Yeah, ate all the chickens. I <laughs> <Nothing>. left <laughs> him nothing. You're right. And I can see him being more angry. Then I could see him being so upset. sad and upset. Like that, right. the emotion that they wanted him to play, it just seemed like they asked for the wrong emotions. Unless he had had to wind up putting his son down and he just couldn't tell her about it yet. So we see at this point then, I mean, Travis' emotional is, he's just, he gets unhinged at this point. He hears this news, he goes completely berserk. Oh, he tags he, in, he's he goes, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. He breaks Brandon's shoulder again. Okay, dislocates it or whatever. Again, you see it yeah. pop out. He throws both dudes around for a while. I mean, he uh, throws them around. He throws them on the ground. He stomps on them. He takes all the chickens. And- yeah. The- <laughs> Oscar tries to come in the room and stop Travis from head first like an idiot. Right. Yeah, he tries to stop Travis from doing this. And, yeah, he comes in head first. And somehow Travis takes the door and slams it against his head. And now Travis is in the room, but he's down on the ground. And Travis locks the door again. So he- <laughs> Oscar's down. Right. Um, continues the beating. He chokes Derek for a while, but not dead. He's switching back and forth. He's going back between Brandon and Derek, and but he doesn't kill him yet. He then takes him by like the the, the britches by the you know by the belt and throws him through another glass door sure <laughs> to another room. Sure he then finishes off Brandon by stomping on his head until he is dead. And you didn't see it, but you kind of heard the oh, you yeah. hear the kind of the little oh, you yeah. know the squishy. I'm just crushing your skull kind of sound effects. Um, and then, of course, you see the after effect. You see the, the blood coming from his head. Uh, nice camera work, too. You see some symmetry where you see Brandon in a pool of blood around his head. And then we see a flashback to where Chris is also dead with a pool of blood around his head. So it's kind of a little, little symmetry there, I guess, they put in. Uh, Travis then sits in the corner. And we can hear the sound. Think just about what you drop did, away. Travis. 
<laughs> we hear the waves start crashing, and you kind of just hear his breathing. So he's obviously like in shock. Like he's, he's tuned out the world at this point. Right. And that's the end of the episode. And like we see the countdown to the beginning of the next episode, which it smoothly cuts into. And then it, they now play that, now this, everybody hates Chris. This, <laughs> this, whole, this whole fight was pretty fantastic as far as oh, how it was, awesome. how it was, it was awesome. like <laughs> portrayed and whatnot. Like these are – you know, aside, you know, the various critiques I have about this episode aside, it is these action moments and just the basic emotion going through, you know, Travis, uh, through Cliff Curtis. Like, there's a lot of good stuff there. This whole fight sequence, it's wild. It's a, it's a crazy, like, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go crazy and destroy everything around me right mm-hmm. now, uh, which obviously is not going to bode well for the next episode. But, I mean, it, it really plays, it plays well off a level of anger that I think that is, that's, that, at least that aspect's been, brewing up in a way that makes sense like i don't think this fight came out of nowhere and it's you know it's well done it, you know you get a you get a guy being thrown through a door you get people's get heads getting smashed <laughs> it's, and then it's you, good stuff yeah it's, it's he it didn't is. expect it though he's travis i didn't expect him to go through with it actually killing them i thought he'd beat the crap out of them badly but i don't think he'd actually go through with finally ending both of these boys and he did and i'm very glad he did like it was very satisfying wasn't it to see it actually no happen they did took great pains and they did it successfully to make me hate those guys so much. The Bromigos. That Done. you don't care that he does what he does. Like you're rooting for him. You're clapping when he when he does it. So that's that's nothing. That's, that's not an issue at all. Now Travis's love of his life, Madison, who's on the other side of the door, all she can seem to do is just scream. She doesn't really do anything. She just screams. You know? Travis, stop it! No, Travis! That's- that's the other Travis. thing. That's the other thing. This, this room is apparently the most inaccessible room in all of the hotel. Like, they cannot right. get in here <laughs> no to save way their lives. Right, uh, right. Well, Oscar had the keys, and he came in, but then he, I think he ended up in the room with the keys. I don't right? care about so, the key. I mean, the, there's, okay. there's plenty of windows around this room. Like, there's right. all kinds of ways it seems like you can get into this room. But they're you can co- just smash the door and open the door from the other side, right? There's other ways yeah. you can do it, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we, we're now in the second part of the second episode, I should say, and we're exactly where we ended up on the first one. Travis is sitting in the corner. We hear some muffled screams. Again, he's in this kind of shock, state of shock, if you will. You can tell just by the noise. It obviously, uh, Travis, like I said, he's, he's sitting there in shock. Hector breaks through the window with a chair and takes Travis into custody, and they carry Oscar out of the room. Apparently, he was knocked pretty hard by the door slam to the head and was bleeding, which, again, on screen didn't look that hard. Like, he just no. looked like he was just knocked out cold but apparently this was a pretty bad hit to the head madison insists they need to let travis go she's she's ballistic about this that they just he just lost his son and elena says travis is crazy (laughs) no he's crazy and he just killed two kids the hotel people take travis somewhere safe until they figure out what to do with him uh maddie is going crazy herself (laughs) and strand has to pull her back a little bit and says whoa 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 you're not helping matters here right now, Maddie. You got to take it easy. They don't want to hear from you right now. <laughs> Maddie then asks Alicia for her knife that she has on her. Right. Maddie takes a knife, steps back into the gift shop, whatever it may be there, and stabs Derek hard through the ear to finish him off. And then we suddenly see Brandon already being turned. Like again, it was only he's only been dead for maybe what five minutes. Yeah. Ten well, minutes they turn tops. Quick on this show, though. this show may turn instantly. It's like yeah. amazing, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. On the West Coast, I don't know. About to get up, and then she's the sun. That sun, the man. That West Coast that, sun. That's that right. West Coast. <laughs> it makes him makes him turn real quick out there. So, uh, and then we do hear the final screech of the season: "Fear the Walking Dead" opening. Perfect. It was perfectly placed. We see Luciana tending to Alejandro's bite back in the Colonia. Alejandro says he's dying. 
Luciana tries to put some makeup on his face and make him look presentable for the townspeople so they don't lose faith in him. He resists, saying there's no point. But she says, look, you know, we're not going to die like animals. Alejandro says this is their only home. Outside these walls, there's nothing but death and more death. He's obviously losing some faith himself, and he didn't uh, – and he did what he could to keep it together. Luciana says, look, you failed, and this is your end, but it's not the end of the town. <laughs> we're not done, but you're done. That's what basically she said in Spanish. <laughs> At the hotel, Madison is in full Madison crazy mode. Oh, yeah. S- saying that she'll somehow magically convince Elena to let Travis stay. Strand, again, is trying to counsel her, saying, hey, you better take it easy. This is not the time to defend Travis. It'll weaken their position with the group. Strand also reminds her to think of her daughter's safety. Hello? So once again, Madison is forgetting about her daughter. Yes, you do have a daughter. Right. Her name is Alicia, and they're in a safe place, and she can just shut her mouth and and let her be safe there. But no. Strand says that they look. They're going to exile Travis. There's no way around it. That, no. that was that was her decree. That was Madison's decree. You mm-hmm. but you you put hands on somebody, you're out the gate. No exceptions. Right? No exceptions. So you can't go against your own decree. And then and uh, that Travis jeopardized the entire group with his rage. That's what Strand was saying. Alicia then decides. He says, "Look, if Travis is going to go, we're all going to go." Uh, he says, "Look, he he came. He he found us. Despite everything, he came back and found us." And, and, and Alicia's growing up here. She's very mature. She, she, uh, she said, we're not going to let him die out there alone just because you are scared for me. We're past that. To Madison is what she said. Mm-hmm. Strand, uh, again, to Maddie, uh, getting a little emotional. She's like, Strand's like, are you really going to leave for the man who abandoned you? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, little, don't talk for me. <laughs> He's getting a little nervous that she's going to leave. And he, and he said that he had a choice to die for the man he loved. But he didn't die for him, and he sure as hell is not going to die for any of, the, uh, any of them. Because <laughs> you're all crazy. They're all crazy. Yeah, exactly. Right. keeping it real. Strat- yeah. He is keeping it real. Strat- yeah, Strat- is making the most sense in this episode. Oh, always. Always. Hasn't Pretty he much always, always been like the voice of reason, though? Yeah, there, there, there is that one time where he left his boat for some reason. But besides that, everything else Strat's <laughs> well, done is yeah, pretty that, good. That one time. Well, did, wait, 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 the pirates came on board, he took the dinghy and just started swim, uh, going away. Is that the yeah. one you talked yeah. about? Yeah. Okay. yeah. He'll never do that again. <laughs> Well, no, Madison. not nowhere because they lost their boat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Madison and Alicia then negotiate with Elena. They meet up with her and Hector to let Travis go. And that, look, let him go. We'll take him. We will all be gone in the morning. Elena thinks about it for a minute and then agrees, even though Hector is a little bit resistant to this. Elena argues that, look, okay, look, Madison, she fought for this group. We'll give her the respect at least that much. She deserves that much. Let him go. Madison then whispers to Alicia, hey, you better keep an eye on Oscar. If things go bad over there, I want to know about it. So Maddie then enters the room where they're holding Travis. She has a little chit-chat with him, explaining that they're all going to leave in the morning. Travis first wants to argue with her, but then seems to agree that they all should just leave. Back at the Colonia, Nick's bags are packed, and he's ready to go. He steps outside and sees Luciana starting to gather the townspeople. He once again begs her to leave with him. She says, look, if she leaves... They will live just long enough to watch each other get bit and turn, and then what? Nick says, look, if you stay, you're all going to get slaughtered anyway. Right. And she replies, and this is the line you were talking about. She replies that they will meet their fate standing up. This town is not for boys. Go do what you do best. Run away. So she's kind of calling him on, on, on that. Don't be At, mad because I want to live. Yeah, it was just That's, weird. She's yeah. really clinging to this. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's strange, but you know, we'll see how it plays out. 
At the resort, Alicia pays a visit to Andre, who is already working on her, his brother Oscar, the bridegroom. He's in really bad shape. Pupils are dilated, and Andre suspects his brain is swelling. To, to fix this, he has already shaved a part of Oscar's head and will remove a piece of his skull to relieve the pressure. Alicia says, can I help you? But Hector and Andre says, no, just leave. Get away from here. They're, they're tired of seeing the gringa hanging around. Um, Using a box cutter, like some kind of utility knife, Andre then starts doing surgery on oh, poor boy. Oscar, cutting into into his uh, shaved head, his scalp. Sure. Yeah, this, this, is, this is what I was talking about, where it's like, I don't, I don't need to see this up close, because I don't, I don't know what it's giving the show, or what the show's <laughs> giving me because of it. Like, it's one thing to show me crazy zombie kills, I get that, it's a show about zombies, I, I, right. I'm happy to see zombies, but... Showing me like intense up close surge, rudimentary surgery that like takes a long gander at like what's going on exactly. It's like this just seems gory for gore's sake. I, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no, you know, social commentary here. There's nothing else that seems to be relevant to a scene like this beyond just seeing this grisly surgery taking place up close. It's like I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know what the why we're lingering so long on something like this is. It is a little odd. And actually, the next scene where they actually show the operation is even stranger. You actually see them drilling into the skull, and you see all yeah. the fluid and white it's, bone. And I think they so just much. thought it would be it's, cool. It's, yeah. I, I, I do. I think they just thought that that would be so. Hey, it look, would look cool if they did that. I think that's, so, AMC, that's AMC's new slogan too. We uh, thought it looked cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying like in the best horror movie. What you're saying, like that, like you know, they yeah, show totally. like, these kind I of think these, they thought, you know, like, like hostile or yeah, those kind of things. Nice like, idea. The director was like, you know, we could, you know, we could do this look to it. We could have the brain, you know, <laughs> get the Makita out, start drilling all into that. that. And it well, was, there's like a there's like a rhythm with that when it comes to you know certain gory horror films. As much as they want to go over the top with certain things, I can expect that because the film sets up something like that to happen to a to a to a point. This show mm-hmm. doesn't really set me up to see like in the midst of a zombie apocalypse and melodrama and father son stuff and epic brawls that I'm going to see like this intense gross surgery that's being done with an exacto knife on a human skull. Zombie perhaps, I guess. But right. not like a not a ran, not a random guy, I don't know. Like <laughs> beyond like an episode or two. Yeah, uh, I, I guess in the hostel you kind of expect it, right? You, you know they're in the torture chamber. It's it's, it's going to happen to them. You know something bad's going to happen. But like this, well, you I mean, say what, it. say what you will about those movies. And for what yeah. there's a, there, there is a lot of social commentary going on in hostel, which I don't need to get into right now. But the yeah. the, uh, the intent of those movies have there's a skillful cinematic eye behind them as far as what they're trying to do and the rhythm of those scenes. This just felt like it came out of nowhere. It's like okay, mm. now it's time for the big surgery scene. What? What's going on? What? <laughs> So back at the Colonia, uh, Alejandro is cleaned up and made up and makes his way to address his flock who has gathered uh, outside. He makes an impassioned speech about how the rumors of the town being attacked is true and how their faith, though, is stronger than any evil. He says, prepare to defend what is theirs. At the same time, though, I mean, this is a little bit of a time shift, though. We see Nick carrying his little duffel bag and heading out of town. Looks like Nick left before the speech began. But either way, we see him leaving. He climbs up on top of the bus. We then see him uh, outside of the Colonia, but in the town nearby with his red blood face. He obviously did the same maneuver. He's all camouflaged up. Mm -hmm. When he hears a helicopter in the distance, he whips out his handy-dandy binoculars, and he sees a helicopter landing at looks like an American airport. Or some kind of base because there's a fence around it and there's hangars. You do see an American flag in the distance. Right. There's tents 
and a large wall surrounding the place. So that's what we, we can see in that little, yes, that little scene through, through the binoculars. There's, there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a bunch of guys dancing around saying, I don't want to celebrate. It's just it's great. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> like a Corona commercial or something? It's like something like that? They're all... It's just it's wonderful. <laughs> At the makeshift operating room, back to the, that, that, Andre now uh, has out his Makita, like we were talking about, and with a hole-cutting bit. He slices into Oscar's skull. And again, I wrote why, and not to spend too much time in the surgery, but if you have a head injury and you don't have like a MRI or CAT scan or anything, wouldn't you give the guy at least a day or two to maybe come out of it on his own? Like, Why would you immediately start drilling into the guy's skull? I mean, Aaron, I think you already answered it because – it's cool to show, right? And, because, that and like that big, it was like, okay, police some pressure. Oh, they're yeah, really like, like a two-inch like, hole like, saw he was using, right? Yeah. yeah it was like, <laughs> like what, what was like, like if he lived, what was the next plan? Like what was he going to do next to, you know, to, to do? How would you put that the piece of skull back? Like how would you? Yeah, or, would, <laughs> or just anything. Like I, I just don't know. <laughs> I know. It, it was it was definitely odd, but it was weird. In one of the rooms upstairs, uh, Travis and Madison have a little heart-to-heart. They're kind of watching, you know, they're looking out the window. It's her last night at the resort. Travis wants her to know that he's not the man he once was. Not anymore. He's the killer now. And Madison's like, hey, look, those two guys, they deserve what they got. And oh, by the way, I'm a killer too. You know that lady, Celia? I killed her. All right, I locked her in a cage with her zombie collection to protect Nick. So <laughs> we're both going to have to keep on killing to survive. That's just the way it's got to be now. And then they, they kind of hug it out a little bit, and that's, I guess, their way of coming back together somewhat. Back downstairs, we see the brain operation has failed miserably, and Oscar is dead. Andre, st- Andre stabs Oscar in the open skull with his little box cutter. So I guess that's, that's the end, that he's now, he's now completely dead. Hector is spitting mad that Maddie and the gang are safe and sound upstairs while their buddy is laying here dead. <laughs> yep. Travis and Madison and Alicia are then sleeping in the room upstairs, just mentioned before. Hector, Andre, and the gang break into the room because they have the keys, and they bum-rush Travis. They punch Travis a few times and scream, Oscar is dead, and then Andre really pulls a gun on Travis. Travis, holding his hands up to Andre, says, look, you got to do this. Take me outside. Don't do it in front of my family. And Madison is screaming, no, no, as usual. She's being held back, of course, you know, by Hector. No, stop it. We can see that Andre's finger is about to squeeze the trigger, and he really showed that pretty well. You really see his finger is moving the trigger is starting to be pulled back, so you do see that. He really is going to shoot Travis. There's no ambiguity about this, I don't think. When Alicia then comes up and stabs him in the chest, Andre, that is, and he falls to the ground. That distraction allows Travis to start another WWF cage match and starts to beat the crap out of the invaders that are in his room. Strand then comes in with a gun, shoots, you know, and shoots him, uh, says, okay, get out of here, guys, and just says, get out of the room, get out. The whole gun – I'm sorry. The whole gang runs downstairs and enters uh, a Ford excursion, the gang meaning uh, Madison, Travis, and Alicia. They enter Ford Park right there with a grill guard on it. And as soon as I saw that grill guard on the front of the Ford, I'm like, they're definitely busting through the fence. I, I know that. The, that's the only reason that grill guard could be there. <laughs> Strand then decides to stay behind that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You saw this. You don't, you know, just a nice little, what do they call it, a brush guard or something on front of the Ford. I know. I just, I just, you know, the things that remain in this podcast this week after our first attempt, the grill guard was definitely one of them. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's in my notes. It's going in here, man. You're a car guy. So. I'm a car. I noticed these things. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. You guys have to deal with that, all right? It's, yeah. just, it's just who I am. Uh, Strand decides to stay behind 
and Madison is bewildered because you know they're all ready to get in the truck and go, but he simply hands Madison his gun, strand that is, and says, right. "Go, I'll be okay." And it's kind of a little emotional moment there. Right. But she's strand- like, "I got to be with this mopey ass for the rest of the." With <laughs> <laughs> Travis, you mean yeah? yeah. So, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I mean, Strand's decision to stay behind. Uh, I, mean, I want to stay with Strand. Oh, I mean, Strand for you know. He he wasn't involved in all this. Like he's ain't his fault. It ain't his fault. He's been doing. He's been trying to basically keep things on the up and up all as right. far as how to survive in this world. And he, he's in a he's living in a hotel right now. Was he what? He you know what's really interesting is that out of all of the characters in the beginning of this show, he was the one who was portrayed as the shadiest. <laughs> and he's all, but he's been the most honest out of everyone on that show right now. Yeah, right. Well, That's once, a good point. Well, once has he killed anybody? Hmm. Has he killed anybody? No, he hasn't even killed anybody yet. Besides right? walkers, I don't think he's killed any. No, any, no. Like, Luis living... did. His buddy did, but he didn't. Right. I don't, yeah. think, any, walkers, I don't yeah. think he's killed anybody besides besides Abigail. <laughs> That's it. I mean, okay, Abigail. All right, after he was already. No, but yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of right. like, a, a, is there a, like a, a significant threat that's presented itself, and he was the one that dispatched them? I don't believe he right. has. No, oh. he's yeah, he's like he's. Honest, he's been on the up way. and up. No, with, with that killed. said, I don't. I don't think that would have made a difference. I mean, I still think he, if he were to have killed somebody, if we might, if we're not remembering something, I can't quite tell. I think it probably was because you know they wanted to survive, not because he was just a bloodthirsty asshole. No, it's just you said know, he was, was the shadiest character. Right, it's, it's like, interesting that yeah. when he was first. Oh yeah, know, for sure. You know, he's the one. He had ulterior motives that he wasn't right. telling anybody. Exactly. Now that that's gone, though, it's like, well, what am I? <laughs> I? I can only do so much, and here he is presenting himself as as he is, <laughs> as a, a seducer, a seducer of people, of people. That's right. So he seducer. And he does speak Spanish, so I guess he could fare well with these uh, with the Mexicans if they'll take him in. Which just sounds like they probably will keep him. Yeah, I think he'll be all right. He'll be all right. Well, he they owe him them. one after you know the one getting stabbed the, by the, crazy the one uh, uh, mother-in-law stabbed in the chest. <laughs> So Travis and gang bust out of the resort gate as as predicted. Uh, the family is on their way, driving somewhere in the night. We don't know where they're going. Mm-hmm. Back at the Colonia, Alejandro is not doing very well, and he's trying to crush up some pills and cook it, I guess, to give himself a little relief right. uh, and inject it. Nick walks in back fun. from the outside, back from the walls, I guess, mm-hmm. and starts to help Alejandro with his meds. And he does it in such a slick way. Like you see him crushing the pills and cooking them up on the spoon. It's like he's done it a million times before, yeah. I guess, because he probably has. Um, Alex asks him why did he return, and Nick explains he found a safe haven up north, but he needs Alejandro to release his hold on his people to let them go. Nick, meaning Luciana, but the rest of the group too. Mm-hmm. Nick insists the townspeople will never know that he was not immune. It's a win-win for everyone. He can have a good death. No one's going to know the wiser. And then he injects Alejandro, and Alejandro just kind of passes out. Yeah, you want to be the hero, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> like he right. was kind of a little crazy. Right. Like you want it, you want to be the hero. You he was very hero. He was very calm in that scene. Yeah, he was very yeah. chill. You know, he, he just did. sits there. Yeah. The SUV with the with Travis and Madison, they pull up uh, to the supermarket where Marco and the gang have been, but it's completely cleared out. Travis, Madison, Leisha go inside. They find clues to where possibly they went to, and they see the dead bodies there, but they end up getting clues to to go to the Colonia. Uh, a convoy of heavily armed bad dudes we see, led by Marco, arrives at the walls of the Colonia and enter it with no problem. They methodically take down a few walkers in the wall of walkers on the way to the school bus. They make their way into the bus, no problem. Uh, they, they press into the colony and realize that it's been completely evacuated. Almost. 
because we see Alejandro hiding on the ground near the bus. Once the gang is far enough in, the armed gang, he goes to the bus, starts it up, and proceeds to move it forward a few yards Mm -hmm. to allow the wall of walkers to enter the colonia and attack the gang. The gang notices what is happening, but it's too late for them. Apparently, because we don't don't get to see anything take place except that an armed group of people that seem to know how to handle themselves suddenly are all dead (laughs) in the next scene. (laughs) Yeah, they're heavily armed with automatic rifles, or or rifles at the very least. You're right, and and these... What do you want to call it? 50, 75, 100 walkers? Yeah. Just, just kind of walk in on them. And, and they're also, they also have, you know, able body legs to carry them around. <laughs> but you know what? They're, 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 they're no pig farmer, his son, and an old man because they, pair, they can't handle walkers the same way that group did. <laughs> we cut to see that Nick has successfully camouflaged the entire group of townspeople in the zombie blood and guts, including the little kids and everybody, uh, and Luciana as well. And he's leading them north through the actual city of Tijuana uh, to the safety that he saw across the border. Nick leads them past a whole lot uh, of empty cars leading up to the actual border. Uh, Madison, Travis, and Alicia. Go finally find the Colonia. I guess they got enough clues from Marco's place. They found out where the Colonia was somehow. Maddie tells Alicia to go back in the truck and lock the doors while they check it out. Of course, Alicia does not comply and goes exploring uh, the bus instead. Maddie and Trav realize the whole town is dead and zombified, and she sees Marco is also one of them. So I guess that's the kind of the, you know, we know that they all got eaten because Marco is dead too, right? The leader. Alicia finds Alejandro still barely alive on the bus. They lay him on the floor of the bus and start to ask him about Nick. And Alejandro manages to get out that, yes, Nick, he's, he's fine. They, they, they t- he took the whole group and they went north. They went to the border. He thought he saw something. So finally we have some word about it's, Nick. It's good, it's good that Madison's spider senses were able to kind of wrangle out an, an actual answer from uh, Alejandro <laughs> on his deathbed. <laughs> she got what she needed, though. I mean, it, finally, it was some connection to Nick. She knew that that... That that was his, her son. Um, cut back again to Nick and his flock. They're just about to get past the actual border crossing itself. As this whole thing's going, I'm just imagining my my Miss American Pie playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and again, we're crossing the American border. He we, they head toward this walled safe zone. It's kind of you can see it's maybe about a mile or so inside the border, but he can still see it with the binoculars uh, where the helicopter was. And suddenly he shot at. Luciana then is also shot at, and she takes a round to the shoulder, it seems like. Yeah, she did. Yep, uh-huh. Yeah, so it seems to be some sort of army or militia again, armed with automatic rifles, firing at Nick and his gang. Uh, Nick is pinned to the ground at gunpoint by one of the gunmen, along with Luciana, and that's pretty much the end of the episode, the end of the season. We made it through, guys. We did, we did it. it. Oh, boy. Wow. So, Fear the Walking Dead, season two. Um, <laughs> it did, definitely didn't end up the way I thought it was going to end up, and we'll get to our Toby ratings in just a second. Um, but well, I guess I mean, it, yeah, I can, yeah, I could say it probably. I guess it didn't end up necessarily exactly how I thought it would end up, but I, it did. You know, it took him back to America, which is something I kind of figured must have had to happen. It's like, all right, we're doing a whole border story in order to keep this going. They probably have to go like one direction eventually. <laughs> <laughs> going back to USA at that point. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. They, they could have stayed in Mexico for a little bit longer, I suppose. I mean, I don't know. But before we get to our Toby ratings, we can we can formally rate this season finale, and we can hear your Toby ratings as well. Let's have a quick word from our sponsor. 
This uh, okay. CBS uh, is a, is a uh, site where you could actually order any and all comics that you want, from manga to to mainstream comics to Image, which uh, The Walking Dead uh, was pretty much started with, and that's why we have this show in the first place. And uh, they give you a lot of discounts in that. And also, if you if you buy even if you buy digital comics, you can link that with. Uh, your DCBS account and uh, get a discount on that as well. Um, all you got to do, just go to uh, look up uh, DCBService.com, uh, create your account, uh, log in, uh, choose what you want, choose when the shipping, how, how do you want it shipped to you. You can get it every week. You can get it uh, every two weeks. So you can just get it once a month. Uh, it's all up to you. And uh, every month they have new sets of of sales and savings and and, and paperbacks and depending on uh, how much uh, uh, you know how many comics that they have uh, extra that they're trying you know they're trying to move out um, and you work from there. If you have any issues, any problems, email them. They get back to you as soon as possible. It usually doesn't take any more than a couple of hours. Um, and they will handle it. They they are great with customer service. If the site is easy to use, um, it, they make it as convenient as possible for you to uh, get the comics that you want. And they are a wonderful sponsor of the show. They make it possible for us to bring you the Fear of the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead TV podcast every week. There's certainly you- a certainly a big factor in all that. Yes, yeah. so it's been a it's been a, a great relationship between DCB Service and and us. It's, yeah, they're, and, they're, and they really are a great, great company. So please check them out. Give them your first shot at your business, dcbservice.com. Yeah, I guarantee you get the best prices uh, there. Thank you, Daryl, for, for doing that and talking about our wonderful sponsor. So now on to our final Toby ratings of the year. Of the, oh, I guess boy. of the year, of the yeah, season. Of yeah, of the season, yeah. Of the year, too. I guess we're not going to see fear until, what, 2017, right? So this is it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Aaron, we'll go ahead and start with you. What, what do you give uh, these two combined episodes? Um, <laughs> separ- I mean, I've got to separate it out to kind of justify you, my thoughts here. Like, you it, definitely can. I mean, a lot of it, our Facebook group didn't, but if you want to you, go ahead and separate them, it's fine. Yeah, the, I, guess. I mean, because I, I like – I think the first episode is so much better than the second episode. I mean, I have my gripes with – just basic logic and how the show's telling me, you know, truck crashing and stuff like that. That you know, they're, they're, it's a little more than nitpicks, but it's still stuff that got to me. But at the same time, I got you know to see that epic brawl. There's some good action. There's some good pacing. Good thrills. Good tension. It leads up to a, a very satisfying conclusion that had me excited to watch the next, the preceding episode. So this episode, I would give like a three and a half Tobies, uh, three and a half to four Tobies, just because for a Fear the Walking Dead episode it was quite good. The second episode, though. I just was really bored by it. Like I, I felt like it was all falling action that was resolved in a very dull manner. I mean, it get it gets characters to being in a certain place, which makes sense. And I mean, it has its share of ways to conclude things that are somewhat satisfying, but just the the kind of the approach they had to it. Just I, I was not like excited as I was going into this episode. Like you know, it ends on the first episode ends on Travis sitting there, and it's like, oh man, okay, that was crazy. Let's see what's happening next. But you know, watching this episode is like, oh, this is just a slog. I, I can't wait for this to finally be over so we can move on. So you know, this looks like a two Tobies. So combining that, you know, that's what like a two and a half Tobies overall, which is probably average a, yeah, average <laughs> jump, which is probably my average for the season. Honestly, like there's so many. 
there's so many potential ways for this to be much better than it is, but here we are with a season that we've basically tried to force our way through on the podcast. So Right. Now, do you think uh, – just a question for you because you mentioned that it was a lot slower than the first episode of Wrath. Um, uh-huh. Do you think that because of that, the network said let's just push these two together and let's just get it over with quickly? I mean uh, I mean, because it seems like even this midseason opener was anticlimactic and now the season closer north was kind of almost anticlimactic. It's like, well – are they doing it purposely? They're trying not to be The Walking Dead so much that they're making well, these kind of weird little intros and outros and is, AMC is, had enough and as much, as, smash I, him. as much as I had some gripes with the mid-season finale, you know, that episode did end with a giant fire burning down a, a you know, a, a, the the um, the home of everybody and there are people dying well, not the, finale, the opener the opener, oh, the opener. that's what oh, I mean, which is, it's, just, it's just it's just Nick. The whole episode was just Nick. That's how we got back into the season. It's like what? You know, it's like it was almost nothing going on. Yeah, that's, and now we close it out with an episode that's kind of slow too. That's what well, I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, with, you know, with, with that in mind, sure. I mean, I, I would have, uh, I would have preferred more eventful things to happen. But looking at how this has played out, yeah, I can, I can maybe see that being a reason. But I think there's other things afoot as to why it was aired the way it was. But yeah, it, it uh, there it isn't really an eventful finale for, you know, for there to really put much like an anticipation behind as far as how to advertise like this is the stunning conclusion of fear of the walk is like well what really happened people just moved <laughs> around a lot so yeah yeah no i hear you all right daryl what will your toby rating be for these episodes uh i guess i would have to get overall i've always probably given it like a three Overall, combined, yeah, combined. But I, I would, yeah, I'd probably have to give it a three. I'm glad they didn't put them in the place where the whole community's burning down to the ground, and Nick is in blood, you know, walking in blood again. And even though he does walk in blood again at the end, but he's just not walking among the the wreckage wreckage of of that whole community and, and they didn't try to do that same imagery mm. they've done already you can so, almost imagine it like you can almost see it like that's where it almost up, see right? it yeah. like i was worried that that's where they were going to go with this but i'm glad they didn't but um there's still problems with the there's still issues with this where they it seems like they don't i don't know if they're worried to not be like another show or whatever or they just don't take chances sometimes or they just feel like they just they're so too safe with this show already and I, and I think if you you would think that with already having The Walking Dead and, and the growing pains that The Walking Dead has had already and they that they have the benefit of, of learning from that that they wouldn't just repeat that or do other things that are just as just as detrimental to the growth of the show. So I, I hope next season that we get, we just break out of the, some of these tropes and we just get out of, you know, being, you know, holding back some of these characters. And I just wish we get some consistency. And in a lot of these characters too, like there just seems to be one character we get that with. Overall, he has maintained the course of who he is as a character. He's even, but he's still gone through his uh, his emotional moments and whatnot. But he still kind of keeps that uh, with Strand. But I just hope that we, you know, now that they've kind of, uh, you know, done some things with the other characters to have them grow, like Alicia, and for instance, and um, 
and uh, what's the other lady who's running around? It's Ophelia. Ophelia. Like now that they have kind of you know got them to a, a good place, I hope that they maintain that and, and get the other characters in that direction. And if not, then if they're going to go for something else with them, go for it, but just don't flip flop on it. Like I just because that's the most annoying thing overall to see characters go back and forth on any kind of uh, direction or, or growth. So uh, I'll keep it. I'll keep it at a three for this one. Okay. I'm going to be a little bit more generous, definitely with the first episode. Um, and I'm going to average them together too, but I would give the first one a four and a half because Chris got killed. And I'm going to say this again. We saw Chris get killed yeah. to me. That's automatically, uh, it's almost a five, but I mean, I'll, I'll give it a four and a half just for what it is. We also saw the amazing WWF fight at the end with, um, you know, with Travis and the Bromigos. So that really elevated wrath very highly for me as an episode. North was, yeah, like I said, it was kind of an anticlimactic kind of wrapping up loose ends, but not really kind of episode. And, um, you know, again, this whole thing with the border crossing and Welcome to America and all that. All right, fine. Yeah, so yeah. We, we see we see where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give that one, I guess, a three. So I'll average them together and give it maybe a four. I'm going to be a little high. I mean, it's like I'm going to say a four, and I'm going to be thankful because, again, we've got to see Chris dead. The season's wrapped up. There's not really any loose threads except for <laughs> Strand. Right. Daniel Salazar right. and Ophelia and you know uh-huh. maybe a couple other things out there but at least um you know the, the, and we ended up in an interesting place like when we started the season on the boat I thought this is going to be a whole season of water world you know we're going to be mm-hmm. on this thing and the pirates and the they'll find some island to hide out on and they'll do this and they'll go on a treasure hunt they'll fight a giant squid <laughs> exactly I mean that's what I was thinking I really was I'm thinking they're going to find like a navy submarine or something and deal with that I mean who knows what what could have happened right but it was only that that's in the that's now, in the way grittier, realer version of Fear the Walking Dead that we wanted to have. <laughs> exactly. So it didn't happen, and we ended up in Mexico. And I thought the whole Mexico storyline was actually really cool. I liked the, you know, that whole vineyard, um, Celia's house, uh, the Abigail's, uh, you know, mansion, his plantation, whatever you want to call it. I think it was great. Um, I like where they ended up in the in the resort. I think it was, we, we we took a journey here, whether it, it feels like it or not. We ended up we started off in America. We ended up way down in Mexico, and now we're kind of coming back to America again, all in one season. And I thought it was, it wasn't so bad. I mean, looking back at it, I mean, it was it was t- tough to get through week by week, but you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be cautiously, hopefully, optimistic about this. Again, Chris is dead. We saw some action. I'm okay with it. I'm giving it a four point oh. Toby's and I'll stick by that. But I I I yes. I, I think we're I, I'm not going to be I'm not going to hold that. I think we're being a little kind as far as like it wasn't that bad overall. Like that's easy to say. Two weeks removed from watching the finale versus yeah. like the the weekly talks that we've had about this show where we've had constant problems with it. Yeah, we put the tables back down. You know, we fixed the chairs. We fixed right. the windows. We busted. You know, with the angry. Uh, that's like oh, that's like looking back at like you know like some like dance you went to and be like actually that was kind of fun where you but, forget like that you had like punch spilled <laughs> all over you you like had a fight you got you didn't get to dance as much as you want like all that stuff. It's like, <laughs> well, I'm not rating the whole season. I'm just rating these two episodes. But you're, I mean, I'm trying to think back at where we were beginning and ending. And you're right. I'm trying to. I'm. I, I'm. I'm I'm hopefully it's hopefully it's a lot better in season three. You're right. There, there is a lot of room for improvement. Well, and, it's not uh, like I want to revel in how you know bad the fear of the walking no, can no. be. Like it's not like I'm sitting here thinking, man, I can't wait to get on this podcast and talk about how terrible the show was. I legit want to like this show. Right. Yeah. If I'm going yeah. to spend an hour of my time watching something, let alone more hours talking and posting about it, 
I want to be thinking, man, that was a great time I spent. Not, wow, I was able to waste all this time. Like, that's not good. Like, <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely right. You want to look forward to a Sunday afternoon or Sunday night saying, wow, I can get to watch this episode. It's something cool. I want to watch it. You know, yeah, that's, and, and certainly, yeah. you know, the show's far from unwatchable. I wouldn't be watching it at all if I didn't think there was some redeeming value in some way about it. But I'm not right. going to sit there and not call it like it is either. Like, I'm, I'd like it to be better, but I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not happy about. I'm not happy about not liking it as much as I want to, but I'm also not going to be I'm not going to be sad and mopey on a podcast about it either. I'm going to have try to have fun, which is what we're doing. That's why we do this. <laughs> exactly, it's all it's all good fun, and I, I really think that season three is going to bust out. I think that the the writers are listening. I think they really are because even we saw a change even in the second half of season two. So I I really believe that they're going to come out super strong on the, on the the opener of season three. They're not going to play around. If that means they have to change some producers and change some writers around, maybe they have to. I don't know, but I know that they're really going to come out strong for season three i'm really convinced of that um the, yeah, yeah, the, the ratings walk, are not walk, bad but they're bad for the walking dead you the know? walking dead the walking dead proper certainly had some issues with um yeah with finding it's finding itself until you know oh yeah, it did, yeah. with, with Darab with the darabont stuff going on and then the, mm-hmm. the, the um glenn mazara stuff going on and then we get to scott gimple seasons where it's been quote unquote better so i mean right. it, you know it it but takes again, time think, for some of these. Think back to season two of The Walking Dead, folks. They were on the farm the whole darn season. At least right. on this show. I mean, the writing is tough in Madison. The acting a lot fine. But they went all the way from USA on a boat to Mexico mm-hmm. and all the way back up. I mean, they went somewhere. They went on a journey. At least not on a farm the whole the whole season. No, you're right because they had you know? the benefit. But I mean, that, yeah. and the th- again, when you have a show that's a spinoff of another show, you have the benefit of seeing all the growing pains that people had problems people had with the previous shows when it started out with what they don't like it's okay though to sometimes give people what they want so you're saying that since we went through the growing pains on the walking dead we shouldn't have to go through them again on fear the walking dead is what you're saying i think that like i mean that's a good point you would want i mean there's certain you know when people are asking for things for shows like this doesn't mean you have to give them exactly what they want but with, with the majority are are saying to you that these characters are really coming off as unlikable and they're, right. they're not strong and they they seem to change personalities. <laughs> uh, like, that's not something where it's just us saying that. Like, there's a lot of people who, even th- those who are diehard, you know, Walking Dead fans, where they're going to watch any Walking Dead. It doesn't matter what it is. When they're complaining as well, I, I should, you know, you kind of have to look at that, and say, yeah, when it right. goes with the ratings as well, like you can see if the ratings were just going up, then it's like f you, you do, you do what you do. But when the ratings are going down, and you're seeing these complaints, you may want to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. you know, this is a this is a wild tangent, but you kind of mentioned this, and I'm kind of curious. What do the people in submarines do during the zombie apocalypse? Didn't they have that so show true. on like NBC or something or ABC? You'd probably know this, uh, Daryl. No, it's where, on like, TNT, right? That the last, the last, the last ship. ship or something. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, yeah, they would survive for a while. I mean, a nuclear sub could be out there for literally you can years. Run on sub- I mean, it's just yeah. the point that you'd have to come up and get supplies every get some food once yeah. in a while. Yeah, or like, a, like, down, a, cru- like a cruise ship, I guess. Yeah, right? That What's could be out there for months, doing? literally. If they had that's a, that's a new web yeah. series of the making. <laughs> Ship four six two, the sequel to I Flight four six two. Weapon, you got a lot of weapons on you, and you know where all the areas are to go. I mean, you could probably unless you. I mean, the only thing that would probably be bad is people want to go home. Like you, you would have people that 
You yeah, to leave. You'd have to deal with that. But we, we've seen the whole idea of the military on both shows now, just being basically overrun by the right. walkers, and they all get disbanded somehow. It's like they right. they survive for a while on their little bases, and they end up just running away. And you see the Humvees left behind in the tents and well, stuff. Well, there like, always seems to be one death spot in the group that just flips. It, like they always write that in that there's just one person <laughs> that just goes really crazy, and then generally a white guy. I gotta get home, man. I gotta get home. And once they meet them, they they have to literally either kill them off or they inspire the other people that were in fear of that person. Bill Paxton from Alien, right? Uh, What is his his line? uh, Game over, uh, man. Game Game over, over, man. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, push push comes to shove, though. He went out a champ. Can't say the same about Mad About You, Paul (laughs) Rasmussen. Yeah. Anyway, what are we talking about? We got to get back to the thing. We yes, have to get yeah, back yeah. to our Toby ratings and our our lovely, wonderful yeah. Facebook group. It's, it's Facebook. Not about us. Yeah. It's not about us. We gave our ratings. It's now about you. So go to Facebook if you haven't done so already. Go, type in the Walking Dead TV podcast. Hit search. Hit join when you find us. We will get you in really, really quickly, and you can leave your very own Toby ratings for every episode of Fear the Walking Dead if you choose to. And on the Walking Dead, we call them Buster ratings. So. This week, and I'm kind of glad we waited to do this episode, too, because we had a, a chance to get a lot of uh, Toby ratings for this finale. It took a few days for them to all kind of come in, I guess, because it was a double episode. So starting off with Mandy Dean, she writes, two out of five hours of my life, I'll never get back. I hated the end of the Chris story, and I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Aaron, you got the next one. Uh, Chris up. writes, four steps in the right direction out of five. Travis's reaction and the way they killed off Chris off screen made this one of my favorite episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, yet it's not a tough competition. <laughs> wow. Uh, Canada Shorten, uh, I give this episode a 4.5 just when I thought I was out. They pulled me back in <laughs> out of five. Uh, this episode was everything in the show has been missing all season. Not a fan of how they killed off Chris. He deserved an on-screen, visceral ending. Yes, uh, yes. Noah's death from the, the Walking Dead comes to mind. Uh, but overall, I love this episode. I'm generally excited about where the show goes from here. Adam Fatah, I'll give it 3.5 out of 5. Toby's, I enjoy the first hour more than second hour. I'm glad they didn't drag out the Chris story until season three. Oh, boy, so are we. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy that Strand chose to stay in hotel. But with Crazy Travis and Madison on the road, <laughs> he figured his chance of staying alive will be better in the current situation. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> Here's Johnny. He writes, two out of let's split the story into four parts now out of five. Can't believe <laughs> Strand just stayed behind like that. And good Chris is good Chris is dead, but sort of sucks it was told in a flashback like that. Like I was waiting for Travis to drive by Chris bo- Chris's body on the road after the group left the hotel. Nick's storyline really, literally made no sense, and I didn't care about any of the storylines this year, really. Trump, Trump must be president, because why would the military care about borders anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I've said it all year, new show runner, four storylines next year. Ugh. <laughs> Sad face emoticon. Uh, that means make sure I say it right. Richard Chopper Charrington? It's a Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington. All right. Richard Chopper Cherry Cherry Cherryton. Everybody say that? You got it good. Okay. All right. Because uh, I don't want to mess this up now. Uh, four, <laughs> can you please vacate your room by dawn? Actually make that now out of five. Uh, the second half of the season started off really slowly. 
I actually would have, have done to myself what Nick did with his thumbs to the walker. So I would have to watch it. So I wouldn't have to watch it anymore. Uh, but gradually it got better and better. The season finale didn't disappoint. Chris has gone. Yes. I could watch next year without wanting to put my foot through my TV screen. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing where the show goes next season. And on the plus side, the parent show. Uh, is is back in three weeks' time. And now it's two weeks' time. Yes. <laughs> Gwendolyn Johnson, 3.475 out of five. Uh, I think the story was a bit sloppy at points. This can't be the end of Strand for us. Travis pulls uh, pulled a nutter, but had the mental clarity to not harm Madison, but not the presence of mind to kill old boy. That amazes me. This was only done to force the group back on the road. Scratch my head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's me? Um, no, it's uh, me. Uh, um, uh, Rob? Rob, yeah. Rob, um, yep. Rob writes four Psycho Travises out of five for the first part. The death of Chris was a bit of an anticlimax, though satisfying nonetheless. Zombie kill of the episode goes to old man clothes Nick with an MMA band move. <laughs> I also give the final episode four failed trap trepannings out of five uh the travis family are suddenly completely badass alicia was brutal interesting that strand let them go probably thought he would he would be safer without the loons it was pretty horrible wrap-up to nick's hill community arc overall three tobies out of five for the season now waiting for negan hell yeah all right david bay the uh, bay uh the third uh four bad maddie decisions per episode out of five this would have had a higher rating if maddie was dead which wouldn't have happened to anyone else who returned to a gang-run grocery after the last rampage into the interrogation room. Uh, bad writing. Why would Maddie look for an address of the Colonia on the dead victims when found in their pocket? How would any of them know the address of a place they've never visited? A uh, Google Maps? Uh, Google Maps Zombie Apocalypse Edition. Uh, other than the bad Maddie uh, character, this as episode continued... Uh, the more intriguing and gory storyline path with Alicia showing more leadership. Uh, Travis finding his balls and the show main character Nick always being eerily insightful, albeit not very thorough, uh, finding various camps but not doing any recon to find the path heavily guarded. Uh, <laughs> however, I think Emo Chris was just a plot device uh, based on his ending. This pace would have been great for the entire season. Mm. Andrew Park, three, Nickleby scrubbing zombie brains from under his thumbnails for weeks out of five. Elena and Oscar and the other hotel red shirts were too judgmental on Travis. Did no one want to remind them that they themselves locked people who weren't bro dicks in a room to be eaten by an undead father of the bride not too long ago? Maddie was hoisted on her own petard, but admitted to her Nick Tonight weakness. She continues to be such a schizophrenic character, and it's obvious that she's being written by many different writers, all of whom seem to write in isolation and don't share notes. The showrunners still haven't decided on who the protagonist is, and did they use the set from Traffic Jam scene at the border from Sicario? <laughs> Looks a lot like it. Uh, yeah. Good, good on Andrew for using the phrase "hoisted on her own petard." That's that's <laughs> <laughs> we don't nearly get enough of that on this podcast. <laughs> ever, ever since we lost the uh, the erudite Jordan from Jersey, yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> he was always giving us three dollar words, wasn't he? We always had yeah. those from him. Oh, yeah. right. 
But uh, okay, next one comes from Sarah and Howard. Too little, too late out of five. I've really tried to like the show. I even like several of the actors, but this whole season has been too schizophrenic for me to really care about these characters. Story li- I assume as she's typing, she's pounding on the keyboards. Storylines were stretched to fill the season and written to be unbelievable, even for a zombie show. In fact, the zombies were way more convincing most of the time. By the time these two last hours came around, I couldn't rouse any emotional response. And just wanted to end. Please, better writers, new showrunner, the cast, and the audience deserves better. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's right. Uh, Brent Jones, 2.5. Really liked the first half of the finale and hated the second half. Maddie still only has one <laughs> facial expression. Why all of a sudden do people pop up and shoot at Nick and crew? Now, Maddie's facial expression, is it kind of like mouth kind of half open? Is that is that the look? Like, yeah, it's like gr- grimacy, grimacy, it's grimacy, mouth, okay. mouth a little open, <laughs> eyes are kind of like deer and headlines mixed with constant sorrow. Nick, Nick. A little bit of Fur- irritation. Travis. Yeah, fur- furrowed eyebrows all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with like a detachable hammer and scotch like, in the hand. <laughs> Tammy Heisley. These episodes were very uneven, but there were some real good moments. Giving both episodes, I'm giving both episodes a 3.5. I really hope season three improves. And lastly, Dave writes three out of five recklessly bad decisions. If we can't stay here, no one else can. So let's damage, let's damage the gates to keep the dead out as we leave. <laughs> Uh, that's one. Two, I have an idea. Let's go back to the gang, who I disrespected, for information on Nick, and I'm sure the leader will welcome me back with open arms. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Three, I just arrived at a sanctuary and have been reunited with people I know. I see two jerks who may or may not have been responsible for the death of my son, so instead of forcing them to take me back to the location where they said my son died, I'll just beat them both to death. And as an added bonus, I'll critically injure someone who is just trying to stop the beating. <laughs> basically sums it up, David. That was very good. That's great. So if you'd like to leave your very own Toby ratings come season three in 2017 for Fear the Walking Dead or your own Buster ratings in a couple weeks for The Walking Dead, again, go to Facebook.com, do a search for The Walking Dead TV podcast, hit join, we'll get you in quick, and you can do that and join the fun. We have almost 800 members. It is a great group. The members are very lively. They post a lot of different articles and things to eat news, and it's spoiler-free, troll-free, just a very cool place to hang out if you're a, fi- if you're a fan of The Walking Dead and or fear the walking dead i should there should be a good amount of praise that goes to our facebook group for not spoiling things i mean this is obviously a group that's dedicated to people that both watch the show and the comics and it's very easy it's very easy that's to true. post a lot of things that could reflect uh poorly on the uh not poorly but you know for reflect things that have or have not transpired in the comics that people may not have wanted to know that only watch the show and so I, you know i have to hand it to our group for that as well as um, I, I believe there's you know there's the other um Oh, what's the the name of the group? There, there is a Brent Jones a, started it. Uh, st- yeah, stuff the, and things, right? So he so he yeah. created his own little spoiler uh, group. So we we can leave this group pure, right? You don't want to be spoiled, and then you can go to his stuff and things, and uh, you can get some spoiler stuff there if you want. So it's, it's, it's like the cool. it's like the unofficial group from our show that we don't you know try, try to <laughs> we don't we don't go to just because we don't want to like get things spoiled. But if you are like in search of more spoiler type discussion, that's a way to go too. But yeah, I mean, hats off to the Facebook group who you know provides us 
uh, you know, these comments about the episodes, their thoughts, which we're happy to share, as well as, you know, provides a lot of chatter as far as keeping the things going on the show. Um, it's happy to listen to these episodes that we, you know, break our backs over to deliver sometimes exactly. twice. Sometimes twice we have to talk about it. You're right. And is still able to reasonably hold back on how much conversation you can have about the various shows in a world where spoilers are such a giant issue these days, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook, Tumblr, or I guess Snapchat. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not cool and hip in that, that degree. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, it's you know it's nice to have a Facebook group like this that is dedicated to the show and also isn't a bunch of jerks. So good on us. No, you're absolutely right. We we do very like no policing on this. We don't have to. It's like they're all so mature on here. We don't like kick anybody out or there's no any crazy posts. I mean, I can't think of, like once in the last year I had no, to maybe remove yeah. something and that was it. It's, yeah. and, it's generally just spam. Like it's you know spam bots like advertise these sunglasses. Like why? Okay, good exactly guys. right. Yeah, that, that was like the one person I had to take out. It's exactly right. right. I mean, you guys are so cool. It really is. Uh, it's just a great. It make it makes the doing this show even that much more enjoyable because you're enjoying it with us. So please, uh, if you haven't already, join the Facebook group. It's Really, uh, make, makes the podcast complete. So, uh, the end of season two, on to season three, and actually next week on Sunday, what is it, October 16th, so a week from when we're recording this, oh, uh, yes. about six days, <laughs> they have The Walking Dead, what is it, uh, Journey to, what, what is it, The Journey Up Till Now or something, what are they calling it? Uh, it's some kind of special, a two-hour special. It's guaranteed to be the best Walking Dead clip show you'll ever see. <laughs> There'll be like behind the scenes clips, I'm sure, and 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 yeah, and it's, interviews it's with the it's actors, a, and yeah, it's part of what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, where right. the the hype for this season seven premiere is so big that people may not want to be like, I need to watch all six seasons of The Walking Dead, but I want to be in on the conversation. So they're having a giant two hour special that fills that you know basically recaps the entire series up until now. Um, so if people that. Yeah. If if there are strangely are people on this podcast that haven't watched The Walking Dead but really want to look forward to the seventh season premiere, that's certainly a good way to do it. Um, if you don't want to spend your time on Netflix binging every single episode of The Walking Dead, you can watch that special. So there you go. Exactly. And, and they're going to air, I'm sure, the whole the whole series. They usually do this before the beginning of the season. So you, you can catch up on AMC or, like you said, on Netflix as well. It's all up there right now. So you can catch up. But that two-hour special does look pretty cool. I'm sure we're all going to be recording it and watching it. Um, I will, anyway. I mean, hell, it's going to be, you know, should be pretty good. So we'll see well, what it's, happens. It's not hosted by Chris Hardwick, so that's no. like what? Oh, it's like, let me put it on right now. But since you mentioned that, though, the, uh, Chris Hardwick... I'm only half kidding, because like, I think I talk about this a lot of... I, I'm not a huge fan of the talking dead of Chris Hardwick sucking up the guests for an hour, but I, cause I, don't, I don't mind him. I have no problem with him. It's just he's cool. He does a good job of it, though. I mean, he really, I mean... Some interviews are just... Uh... Look, do you think the show is better in the half hour format then than the hour? Is it just? I just, think so. I just too long. Yeah, I, you don't need the extra celebrity that doesn't have anything to do with the show unless it's like. <laughs> unless they're like, well, there's some that really work for it, like right. Nicole Brown from Community. Like, she's, she's good. She's, she's the super fan, but she's yeah. the official super fan though, right? She takes yeah, notes right. and she's nuts yeah. like us. I mean, she's yeah, I she think, comes prepared. Right. Not the. Good, I think. Not the, I think. I think yeah. it more comes from the like. For me, it comes down to I'm already watching the show twice and writing a you know a full essay on it. You had in enough a ru- in a rushed amount of time. It's like I don't know what I'm getting out of someone else's opinion. Suddenly trying to sh- that only suck up to the show and have nothing bad to say about I, it whatsoever. I, I do like the behind the scenes stuff they sometimes show you, know, which is what ends up on yeah. the Blu-ray, right? That's that kind of stuff ends up on. The, and yeah. I like those little behind the you know behind the dead or talking whatever they call it inside the dead. Like those yeah. are cool, you know. Yeah, I don't need you to tell me how great the show is. Yeah, like I, if I'm watching it, I'm. I mean, I don't need you to tell me. I just like if they give me the behind the scenes stuff. I know you're not going to crap on your own show. Like I know that, but I right. mean, give me the behind the scenes stuff. I don't need you to just tell me how how 
how you a make scene you feel. made you feel. Like yeah, exactly. I don't care how it made you feel. I know what it was trying to do. I got that already. Yeah. But it's just, and, and they're just actors. Like they didn't write this yeah, stuff. It's yeah. like they may not have to agree with what was written, and they have to talk about it like they like it. Like it's, it's even though it's Fear of the Walking yeah. Dead, I kind of got into watching them on yeah. the Walking Dead more because of the problems with this show. I could. The way that the actors kind of let some things slip out that they don't like, <laughs> like like subtext of what they're yeah, saying. Yeah, there's like, like a yeah. subtext to it, <laughs> especially with with, with uh, Kim Dickens. Like she lets a lot out, right? Yeah, like, yeah she's not happy. Right. Then yeah. you know, like Alicia with uh, she was so happy she got a chance to kill somebody on it, and they were yeah. and they tried to elaborate on it, and she was like, "I was just happy to be able to do something with a character. Like I was just waiting for something to happen." She's a she's a beautiful woman. I think honestly, oh, we're yeah. gonna see a lot from her. I think once this, once she's done with this show. That's someone that's going to go far, I, I think, as so an actress. I, I think so, too. She's not a bad actor. Even when she was a pouty child during the boat, you know, part of the boat right. adventures, it still wasn't that. Like, it wasn't like Chris. Like, I, I hate Yeah, to, like you see his career already beginning and ending, right? I jump yeah, on a, him as an actor, but it's just that he seemed to not be charming even when, you know, like, there was no... Nothing about that his portrayal that was charming, you know, throughout the season. Like I didn't like him when he wouldn't go home when they were out riding when his father was trying to get him to come home then, and he was being a pouty child. And I didn't like him, you know. Now up until he got murdered, like it just seemed to never. He never seemed to progress as a character at all. Even when going psycho, he wasn't even that interesting to watch. He just seemed to be more annoying to watch i just wished you know someone would put their fist to his face and i don't think that that's exactly where they wanted right the uh yeah they made him also almost too annoying is what you're saying they took it too far yeah Yeah, the hate was the hate was too high on that one so where can our listeners uh hear us talking about things besides the fear of the walking dead or the walking dead uh aaron what have you been up to still doing out now of course and all your other writings yes yes um i'll be well the show the walking dead proper will be starting back on october 23rd which is also when i'll start writing about the walking dead proper on the youngfolks.com i'll be sure to be posting those uh reviews on the away the walking dead facebook page as well awesome Um, you can you can find me on twitter at aaron's ps4 but the the main thing yeah the podcast that i host out now with aaron and abe which is where my co-host Abe and I talk about the newest movie releases on a weekly basis uh, we just talked about The Birth of a Nation the controversial new film um, about uh, the Nat Turner Slave Rebellion in addition to that um, all of October we're doing, and this ties in, we're doing uh, special horror bonus episodes where each week we're talking about a having an extended conversation on these various genres of horror and having selecting various picks from those. So we already did monster movies and slasher films. Nice. Uh, this, and we're eventually going to be doing zombie movies as well. So it, it's been a lot of fun to do these because we have uh, fun horror experts with us talking about stuff. So out now with Third and Abe, you can find me rambling on about movies uh, quite a bit there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Daryl, what about you? Um, well, you can go to TaylorNetworkPodcast.com or follow my Twitter, uh, The Voice One Two Three, to see the other podcasts. There, also, we're also doing. Uh, there's a show called Retro Movie Geek where we're also uh, covering a lot of the uh, horror flicks that were from the '80s uh, and even farther back than that. Um, and we have a good time talking about that stuff. So you can definitely check that out as well as see the other podcasts I promoted on on the Twitter. So you can. Catch it on the Twitter. And you're still doing Go Trek Yourself, right? The Star Trek one? And, still doing uh, that. Still doing that, as well as uh, Nothing's On with Jim and uh, and Donnie. 
Um, a lot you're of busy. TV talk. You're busy, uh, man. Look at you have a whole. It's almost like you have a whole network of podcasts named after you. I mean, it's like you're almost that busy. Maybe, kind of. <laughs> Maybe a coincidence. I don't know. <laughs> but actually, and you also joined us for the special Star Trek podcast we recently did. We just released yeah. uh, the Voyager one. I, I'm going to get the link up actually uh, very soon, so you, you can spread the word on that one. Cool. It's on the HHWLOD Master Feed. So mm-hmm. if you don't subscribe to that, I really recommend everyone does because that's the easiest way to get all these shows on the HHWLOD network. Right. It just it all funnels into one nice, neat little feed on your right. podcast. Right. So just go there, and we, we called it the Star Trek retrospective. Uh, Star Trek specials, we called them, and, it, and Voyager was episode six, where we talked about uh, all about Star Trek Voyager and kind of going back in time. We had a guest uh, on it, um, uh, Anton, Anton from our mm-hmm. yeah from Dork Trek, and he was a great guy. So check that out if you're into Star Trek, want to hear us talk about Voyager, and, and we pick our top five episodes of all time, and that was actually a lot of fun. If you want to listen to me talk about other things besides The Walking Dead and Star Trek, I am the host of the Auto Chat Show, autochatshow.com, facebook.com forward slash autochatshow. Me and my co-host Teddy review new cars so you don't have to. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We talk about uh, motor news, uh, cars and pop culture, and anything else that really pops into our head uh, when we're talking about cars. It's a fun show. It's very light. It's not heavy on the stats and the boring stuff, although we do discuss them. Uh, we do it in a very fun way, and Teddy does not uh, hold his opinions back. Let's put it that way. He's very vocal especially when it comes to cars that are that are uh, sub uh, subpar. So we have a great time talking about it. We'll be actually be going to a special press event. Um, it was next week in Monticello, New York. So we've got we, we're reviewing actually 50 new cars in the two day period. We take them out, drive them, go on the track. It's actually a really cool thing. So check us out. We'll do that annually. It'll be a fun uh, episode after that. So, folks, uh, for the last time in 2017, at least for the fear of the Walking Dead, until there's no more room in hell. And the dead walk the earth. Remember, Chris is dead. Season two is over. We're in the USA. Things are looking up. Anyway, folks, I had a great time. We'll see you soon. Take care. Because everybody hurts. To comfort and Everybody hurts